Today is Friday, September 15th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today we talk quickly about justification. Um, what does that actually mean? From what perspective are we seeing it? This is like a rehash of yesterday a little bit, so don't worry, it's quick. Uh, <laughs> slavery answers. Also quick, don't worry, it's a quick conversation about uh, a slavery question. Not a whole debate about it, just a question about it um, from Exodus. <clears throat> Catholic tradition justification. Also, another quick conversation. We, we bounce around through these pretty quick. Um, so what justification do they have for continuing and uh, tradition through the ages? Uh, and then apparently there's this Barna group study, which uh, does Christian surveys in the state of Christians and theology and stuff. So apparently two days ago, uh, there was one released that said something like 1% of evangelical parents or something like that, parents and kids or whatever, have a Christian, like, biblical worldview. And I, I guess these are, like, really, because I, I always kind of get my ears perked up when I hear, like, a study. I'm like, well, is this, like, if they don't have a very specific denomination um, and denominations, that, you know, answers that are in line with a specific dom- denomination or theology, are you saying then they don't hold Christian worldviews? Um, so apparently this is not that way. It's very, very broad, basic questions like, is Jesus God? Did Jesus sin? Um, so, so very, very foundational things to Christianity. And apparently lots of people got those things wrong, according to biblical Christianity. So that's rough. Um, so we talk about biblical worldview for a minute. Um, and then the Jesus movement, like the movie Jesus Revolution or whatever it was that came out. And, you know, we, we know someone uh, that used to be Lonnie Frisbee's wife many years ago. So, you know, we've heard both sides of the story. So we talk about that a little bit. Um, if you want to know the whole story from her perspective, um, I believe she's told it, and I believe it's on plenty of these replays and different peoples, including my own uh, podcast. Anyway, so you can find it. <clears throat> uh, she's not there, so I want to kind of respect her privacy. But if you're really curious, send me a message at askachristianclub at gmail.com, and I'll see if uh, she'd like to jump on the stage and, uh, you know, share her story one more time. For the world to hear, or you know, the, like three people to hear. Um, I think that's it. Then, oh well, then we have some fun playing with Bob, uh, heretic Bob. Uh, God love him. So hopefully he'll repent and believe. But he so far is stubborn and obstinate. So you know, we talked to him a little bit. Um, you know, can God do stuff? Why, why is? Oh my goodness, omnipotence. Wow. Just just listen for that conversation. The omnipotence of God. God doesn't believe God. Bob, Bob boy. Bob doesn't believe God is omnipotent because omnipotent is not in the Bible. Um, so we talk about that and lead him to a conclusion where he will now accept, well, not the word omnipotent, but the meaning of it. So, you know, fun with Bob on a Friday. Anyways, check out the Ask a Christian uh, book on Amazon. Uh, check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt, grab a coffee cup. And support this podcast, having civil discussions with people about biblical Christianity and sharing the gospel with people on the internet. They need it. Um, We all need it, but, you know, if we've heard it and believe, then we have it. Um, People who don't and haven't, they need it. So, we meet them every day, keep us going, and, uh, yeah, let's all do our part. Have an awesome weekend. We'll see you later. Uh, if you don't mind, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so last night, uh, I've been, I've been like, really just diving into theology these last couple of weeks. Um, and last night, we were talking about justification. 
and the imputation of righteousness. And the question was, and the question now is, is are we declared righteous or are we made righteous or is it a combination of both? Wow, nothing to think about there. We briefly talked about this the other day. I don't know if it was you that brought this up the other day, but I know some of us talked about it the other day. And I mean, my answer, you know, being as theologically deep as I usually am, was doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so uh, the thing that usually happens is it will get into a peaceful disagreement because of semantics, or it will escalate into a volatile, uh, bitter disagreement, the kind that, you know, is that Timothy warns us about, don't have these quarrels, it is a cancer and ruins all who listen, because people are like all angsty and fighty and mad about it. Um, so I'd say, it, it, sure, it doesn't matter, it is doctrinal, let's talk about it, but keep in mind, and I don't expect us to have a problem with that, but, you know, keep in mind that, you know, if things start turning sour, it's not a salvation issue, it doesn't matter, God forgives crappy doctrine. But yeah, so no matter what you are, you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, washing away your sins. So if someone is, uh, someone put up a definition, it was like a uh, sinner, but just, and there was like some Latin for it. It was like, uh, it yeah, is, I, brought I, it I don't up even yesterday. know. I brought it up yesterday. Oh, it was you. Yeah. So my answer still stands. That's my answer. Sorry. I can't be more helpful. <laughs> Maybe Steph has something. Mother Steph, what do you say? Huh. I've never heard this asked. Um, but I would say that we're declared righteous, um, but that that is equivalent because it's how God sees us. But I would say that down to our molecules, like our physical makeup, I don't know if I would say that human beings are made righteous. I don't know. Yeah, that's my gut reaction on that one. I mean, usually I, I like to reduce things down to like the, goodness, I'm channeling Roy, uh, the lowest common denominator. So no matter if someone says you're a sinner but just, or you're no longer a sinner, you're a new creation in Christ, which, by the way, the Bible says, um, which I, I would believe. Um, so you can't be a sinner. You're a new creation. But that would be the other side, that you're a sinner, but you're justified in the eyes of God. Or the one I side with, you are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Um, then I would say, you know, you're declared righteous, but you still will have a you still have a sin nature that you have to contend with. So if you reduce it to its lowest common denominator, are you a sheep or are you a goat? Sheep. If you are forgiven and given new life and born again in Jesus, you are a sheep. And it doesn't matter how you became to be a sheep. It doesn't matter if you ran around the sheep pen a few times and then came in the gate. It doesn't matter if you ran the opposite way and Jesus had to go grab you and drag you back. Um, it doesn't matter if you made it to the gate the first time. So, you know, you can apply anything you want, like sinner but saved, righteous but still sins. Like, however you mix and match that combo, you're a sheep. A sheep is a sheep. Um, everyone who's not a sheep is a goat. Okay, one more question. Because um, I have a friend who's an agnostic, and this is their only hang-up. And maybe I'm not explaining it right, so I could hear, like, another perspective. It's about slavery, um, and I... I uh, Were you here yesterday? <laughs> or wait, two days ago? <laughs> I, I think I was, and for some reason these topics keep coming up, and it's kind of annoying, but um, I'm going to be the guy that asks again. Um, Exodus chapter 21, um, I believe it's verse 3 and 4. So like you can where, be a slave but can't kill them? or? Um, no, I think that's Leviticus you're thinking of. Um, Exodus 21 is about the guy who gets like his ear nailed to the doorpost 
Oh, like the all uh, through the ear to become a servant forever? Okay, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's not nailing um, into a doorpost. It's like like a yeah. old school ear piercing. So I'm going to read it real quick. If a master has given him a wife, um, and she has borne him sons or daughters, and the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then the master, then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl and he shall serve him forever. So about the, why, the question was, is why does the master get to keep the kids? Wait, the master's keeping everyone, right? Yes. So would it be, what, what do we think the, okay. Just before we get into theology, let's common sense this. If you are a slave and your owner says, all right, uh, you know, you guys can go free. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. I want to stay here because I have ties and, you know, you treat me well enough. Like, you know, probably if they like beat them and, you know, treat them awful every day, you'd be like, I'm out, I'm out. But, you know, if you have, if you have ties, if you have a good enough life um, or for whatever reason they would want to stay, like maybe you had a really good master, even though. You know, it may not feel super great to be like, I'm a slave. I'm his property. He is my owner. But, I mean, if that means, you know, he has a really good life, I mean, that's no different than like, you know, a, a liege to, uh, you know, his subjects. Like, technically, you could say the king owns his subjects, but no one has a big problem with kings. Um, anyway, so, I mean, if it's a similar circum situation, like, yeah, you have a master and he gives you a nice, good life. Yes, you do your work. You do your chores. You do what he tells you to do. And in return, he rewards you with a pretty darn good life. Um, so then you have a wife and you have kids. What would you do if you were in that situation? I would think if it's good enough for me to stay here and I'm treated well enough, and my wife is treated well enough. Do I want my, my owner to be like, all right, Nate's kids, uh, you're banished. Get out of here. I don't want you. Um, no, I'd be like, well, no, it's a good life for me and my family. Um, I want my kids to stay here. I don't want to give up my kids. I want my kids to stay here too. So, I mean, if my master has to own my children, I mean, if it's a technic technicality, like if the family structure is important, I want my wife and kids where I am. I don't want to be somewhere bad. So if I'm willing to have, you know, like an Iron Age ear piercing through my ear because I would rather have this life than any other life, then if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for my whole family. I don't want to be separated from my kids. Who would do that? That just, that wouldn't make sense. Okay, yeah, cool. I so. mean, I, I I think it's also important, Nate, to think that there was no government assistance program at the time. There was no cheap place to buy furniture. There was no easy job. So, like, the context of all the decision-making there is very hard for us because we live in such a different world. I mean, it, it could almost be looked at as, like, a sugar daddy situation, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, minus the sex, hopefully. But I mean, really, whenever people think master and owner, if it's like, I don't know, the, the, the Roman slavery, like, you know, how they're like, you know, making their slaves do all kinds of like messed up, nasty stuff, kind of like Lizzo was making her employees do, by the way. Um, fewer people had a problem with that than what the Romans did. But anyway, like they're making them like fight to the death. Like, you know, they're beating them for fun, for pleasure. They're like cutting them. They're doing all this nasty stuff. Um, no, I'd be like, OK, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going free and my kids are not going to be anywhere near you. So, yes, kick them out. I'm out. Peace. Bye. Um, and I'll go make I'll go take my chances with the lions in the woods. But if it's not that way, like you're, you're basically a kept man. 
I mean, again, it's no different than like an employer-employee relationship, like on Wall Street or like a hedge fund. They basically own you. I mean, maybe not like, you know, in, in the slavery type sense, but they own your life. Like you're not going to give up that life. You're going to put up with a lot of, of you know, you're going to put up with a lot of stuff from your boss. It may as well be modern day slavery uh, without the technical ownership versus, you know, the other way can be considered an employee-employee relationship with the technicality that you are currently owned. And I get that makes people like, you know, that, that dig somewhere deep down in their gut that's like, I don't care on principle. That is wrong. And, you know, I agree with that. But, you know, for the people who didn't back then and all the other circumstances, even though I wouldn't love the idea of being owned, owned if seriously, I'm a pragmatist, right? If, if they're like, all right, Nate, you cannot be owned and probably be dead in three days by wild animals because you have no way to take care of yourself and defend yourself against a pack of hyenas. Um, you know, guns aren't a thing. So here's a club. Good luck. Or you can, you know, go to work, do your job. I won't beat you. I will treat you fair. And, um, you know, here's all the food you want. Here's a wife, by the way. Have your family live on your, you know, live on your own quarters inside my property and show up every day for work. And great. I'm like, you know, I don't like the idea of being called a slave, but that's pretty good. I, I would do that, I think. Perfectly said, Nate. Okay, that was a great answer. Uh, Slef, uh, Steph, you'll, you, I think, um, if Hebrew Israelism is true, you will actually have to make this choice. Is it better to be, um, I, I don't know, like burning in the fires of Hebrew Israelite hell or um, be a, a kept pet? Um, except I think the way they dis define slavery for you is probably a little worse than uh, what the slavery we're talking about with a man going free and his, uh, you know, keeping his family and stuff like that. I think they have a little more um, malevolent intent for, for your type of slaves. So what do you think you'll choose on that day? I mean, hypothetically, because, of course, they're wrong and going to burn in hell unless they repent or die in their sins. Um, you'll have to ask an Edomite because I am on their 12 tribes chart. So, Oh, okay. That's good. I forgot about that. All right. So, you know, even though it's hypothetical cause it's false, I guess, but you still have to like, I don't know. Do you want to answer on behalf of uh, an Edomite woman? Sister Steph, what tribe are you from sister? So I need to find that out. I know that uh, okay. <laughs> you better find out quick. I know. I've tried to Google this, and there's no consensus. Just make so one up. They all do. Just make one up. They all do. Um. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I should do that. I should just make one up. Yeah. No. I mean, they, what's, they, okay, they what's, claim what's the Ephraim? Ephraim. There you go. No, that doesn't well, what, sound good. What's the no, best tribe? Because you, you don't want to be the best, because then they'll think something's up. So, so that. be like the second or third best. Yeah, you can't. Like what? Reuben. Okay, there you go, Reuben. Huh? Sure. Yeah, that's my tribe. You can just slide by with like a Naphtali or a Zebulun. Okay, okay. This is how many tribes? How many tribes? They they still stick to the twelve tribes, or, yeah. or do they have different amounts of tribes? They have twelve, but there's no consensus on where each group is. Like sometimes you'll see a chart that labels Reuben as like Native Americans, and sometimes they're Puerto Ricans. Like there's so I can't figure out which tribe because the claim here is that Mediterranean people groups are on their chart. Right. So if my family is Sicilian by way of eastern, north and northern and eastern Africa. So if you go back far enough, which they do, uh, I'm on their chart. But I can't figure out which tribe that group of people is because there's no no consensus like it. It's OK, sister. The spirit beareth witness. Amen. Amen. Brother. Oh, boy. I mean, you know, what preset package do you use? Still working on that, too. 
I was just, okay, so, you know, happy when so I got you, there. So you should have, like, one of the most respected people, probably the, the Hebrew Brachios, like, you know, prophet, the totally white guy with, like, red cornrows. Um, apparently that, you know, he's their high priest for some reason because, you know, that makes sense. But you should have someone who's really respected in their community, like, guide you through it and be like, oh, well, here's some information. Here's my information. And, like, have them guide you through it. So if anyone calls into question, you can be like, I've been guided by this prophet. Uh, be like, are you calling your prophet a liar? He says, I'm from this tribe. <laughs> That'd be a great way to uh, to take care of that. Yeah, this is sounding like a lot of effort, but maybe I could do that. You know, Steph, if you wanted to become an internet sensation as a Hebrew Israelite, I think that could be a very powerful brand, and you'd get a lot of uh, light. Yeah, well, what's his face running the thing as Caucasian? What's his name? More cornrows. No. You good with that? I don't have enough hair for that. That would not be. That would not be good. I do you like that. You could shave look, your head. That'd be. I, I mean, that'd, that'd be fine. I think. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> CEO, I heard you were in a in a room last night talking about all the ills with uh, fan base that you wish they would do. Um, any progress? All the ills of what? What was it? Oh, was he that, there? That you wish fan base would do. I thought you said it was CEO in a room that was no, talking about all the stuff he Roger. wished. You know Roger, who comes in here now and then. Oh, the guy with like the bald hair and head and mustache. That's the guy. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said CEO. Anyways, said, never mind, CEO. You're probably counting sheep at that time. <laughs> They had a, a room on fan base yesterday with 200 people, and there were, like, some pretty big clubhouse names. Like, Roger is a pretty big clubhouse name because um, he runs a club called Healthy Debates, so, like, a lot of people know who he is. And so um, Roger was there, and Lou Fax was there, and Kim Cutts was there. There's, like, all these, like, big clubhouse people. And then Isaac Hayes was there, and he was responding to their concerns, and they were just lobbing at him, like, we need a chat. We need like they're just telling him exactly how Clubhouse was structured and asking him to make that. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Does he not know how Clubhouse was structured? He didn't check out the competition. No, I think that the, I'm sure he did. But he was like having a conversation with them about the features that they liked best and that they miss, um, and talking to them about kind of like how people join clubs and how the loss of followers was bad and why. Like it was an interesting, it was an interesting discussion. This is but a new app. Was, like, you don't know about uh, fanbase? I think fanbase no, has been around for like five or six years. It seems like their social audio part may be pretty new. Yeah, but it works just like Clubhouse used to. It's like vintage, vintage Clubhouse. Uh, well, Steph, so the Catholic discussion. I don't know. Like, what? It, like I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I mean, you know, the brainwashing could perhaps be real. Like, when you use things, I mean, that's like baptized. He's like, John the Baptist, therefore, tears. Wait, what? How does that make sense? So that same thing, it was like the meme, right, that, that was shared. And it's like, Paul says, hold on to the traditions of the past, the oral Torah. So the Old Testament. Um, hold on to that stuff, and, uh, you know, good job. And then the Catholic argument, though, is because Paul said, uh, hold on to the oral Torah and the traditions of the past— that means that's justification for inventing brand new traditions going forward. And they say that's exactly the same. I'm like, that is completely the opposite. That's, that's like on a line. That's the opposite direction opposite. Like it doesn't get more opposite. But yet they, they you know, cite that scripture for their cause. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but now they're switching it to... Neither of them are in here, are they? Maybe I don't know who ID is. 
Victoria's not in here. Get all the nasty um, stuff out of the way before they show up. Just kidding. We no, love you. That could be nasty. Oh, um, we're not Chris. Yeah, we're not Chris. Uh, well, now they're switching it to, well, Peter established the church, not Paul. So I'm like, wait a minute, but you're defending Paul. Like, I don't know. I can't, I kind of can't keep up with the argument now. Well, because it keeps shifting. I mean, that's kind of like a, a certain kind of a sign, right? Isn't Peter their pope? Yeah, so she's saying, yeah, okay, so here's the argument going on in Discord, right? So they quoted um, Thessalonians, let's see, Second Thessalonians 4.2, which Paul says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold to the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or by our letter, right? So then they're saying this means that the Catholic Church has the liberty to create oral tradition. But then, of course, they're arguing that the oral traditions weren't created, they were discovered. So that's the discussion going on. But I don't know why they're bringing Peter into it. I have to figure that out. If you'd like to keep up with this argument, click the link above and join the Discord. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, you're not going to be keep up with it. God, I'm a bad salesman. I this is why I'm so bad at marketing. She'd be like, yes, come join the Catholic discussion. I'm like, no, it's not going to make sense there either. <laughs> why bother? But there's lots more fun channels to join. How about that? But do the reasons they talk about Peter being a first pope because Jesus said upon this rock I should build my yep. church. That's yep. the argument. Uh-huh. That's crazy. That's the, whole, no the whole argument for the entire Catholic institution. But then what's the argument that, you know, Mary was a perpetual virgin? Because the, the um, Bible clearly shows that she had more children. Well, for those who have read the Bible, they have clever ways of twisting it. But the reason they have to hold to it um, is, well, I don't, they don't have to, but the reason they seem to hold to it, the ones I've spoken with over and over and over, is because they think, well, how can a, how can a holy God, how can Jesus be born sinless unless it's through a righteous, holy, sinless vessel? Um, and then that gets into, um, I, I don't know, something about virginity from there. It's like there's two arguments. One is like the sinlessness of Mary and the perpetual virginity of Mary. And they, at some point, there's an overlap. And I, I can't quite put my finger on it, mostly because I, I don't care. Um, but there, there's some kind of overlap with it. Like the virginity and the sinlessness, it all goes like hand in, it's like hand in glove of nonsense, in my humble opinion. Sorry, it's like loud in here in Starbucks. But I heard that um, the children, like, Jesus' brothers and sisters, they were from um, Joseph, not Mary, like from a previous relationship. You heard that too? Well, I, no, I, 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 no, I haven't heard that one. I, the one I hear is how it says, um, you know, his brothers and sisters, and the word used means brothers and sisters. Uh, they, they twist that around and say, well, oh God, why did I click on invite Bob? Gosh dang it, Nate. What's wrong with you? Um, anyway, so... They twist it around and say, no, no, that actually means uh, third or fourth cousins. So it was someone else's kids. They're just called brothers and sisters like, hey, bro, how are you today? Even though you're not related. I'm like, that is the weakest thing on earth. Hey, Steph, other Steph, Steph, other Steph. What's up, other Steph? Hey. How are you doing? Okay, so you guys probably misunderstood me the other day because I kept getting cut off. So I am not a Hebrew Israelite. Is that understood? Oh, we know. Yes, we know. I didn't think anyone said that. Did yeah. anyone think that? <laughs> no. 
Yeah. Well, I didn't think that. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, wait. Steph, he meant me because when he when he said Steph, are you? What are you gonna do with the Hebrew? He meant me, not. Oh, because then he talked about getting guns or something like that, and I was lost and confused where yeah, he was going no, with he was that, and to got me real now. aggressive, yeah. and I was like, "You're not even letting me speak." So, you know, now that yeah. you all say it, I don't think I've ever seen a female Hebrew Israelite on this app. Do they have? Oh, they, oh boy, yes, yeah. yes, they do. But they're oh not goodness, to talk. You that part, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta watch yeah. the chat, Raul. That's where they're all. Yep, hiding. they exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got it. No, I can't subscribe to it because I was already told I was going to hell because I wear pants and then women don't have a voice. It was just very different to me. And also, I cannot stand by the point that they say everybody else is going to hell, but like, that's not, I can't, get, I can't subscribe to that either. Um, Oftentimes, I mean, we can't we can't even look at the Old Testament and discount Rahab. There were other people who were non apart. Moses married an Ethiopian woman. So we can't say that it's about race at this point because it was so much mixing anyway, from my standpoint and my understanding of it. So I don't think it has anything to do with just one particular race, because at this point, everybody was grafted in and had an option to accept. So I can't say that any one group is going to hell or not just because or just based off of the color of their skin that's not yes uh science and history would agree with you see and i see steph and i just couldn't get that out last time and i got kicked out the kicked out the stage and kicked out the room i, I was just being misunderstood which i'm used to that standpoint but yeah i mean before i knew this was a thing i did have a discussion i was in a, one of these rooms and i did get them to admit that claudia was white and christian but they said she wouldn't end up in, like, regular heaven. She'd be in, like, third-tier heaven or something, serving them. That was her response. Well, that's where they put all Edomites, like, in, at best, they get third-tier heaven and get to be the footstool. What? Yeah, that's like, uh, okay, so they make a concession for Edomites to get to heaven. Some of them do. Like, there's so much diverse doctrine within the Hebrew-Israeli community. But they make concession for some Edomites to get to heaven, some white people, but have you ever, you've never seen their PTRs where they have like white people in chains and they're using, like they have like, for example, there's one guy who has like an illustration of Timberland boots resting and he's like laughing and they're resting on the back of an infant with blonde curly hair. Yeah. Like that's their, that's a thing that some of them believe. Because they they have the scripture that says, you know, in heaven, or I don't know if it even means in heaven or if it means later. But anyway, it's like, what was done to you, you will do unto them tenfold, right? So they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to put the white people in chains and bash their babies' heads against rocks. But there's also a scripture that says the son is no longer responsible for the father's sin. So everybody has to be accountable for themselves and make that decision. So I think they discount that. So the same way as I am not my ancestors or responsible for whatever happened, A, B, C, and D. Now nobody is and everybody has to give a personal account. Well, yeah, I mean, they have a, I I really don't know. I, I don't know if it's, they just only read their precept package and they don't read the rest of the Bible. 
or they do, but kind of like, you know, the perpetual virginity of Mary or whatever, they like twist scripture to fit them. Because, you know, if they read it in chronological order, like at, at first it says, you know, I'll visit down on the, you know, third and fourth generations. But then it talks about how, what you just said, how that's not going to happen because things change, because people will repent and God will relent and things like that. So it's no longer visited down to the third, third and fourth generation. And it's like, how do you just miss that part? Um, or do you intentionally know that's there, but you intentionally skip it? Um, who knows? But uh, Muhammad, what's up? Are you speaking? All right. If you want to speak, let us know. Babdacostal, what's up? How are you doing? I'm doing. Well, all right. <laughs> hey, brother, what's up? Yeah, I'm doing good. Hey, you know, one thing you can use to throw against the Catholics, why did why did Mary offer a sin offering in the form of two doves if she was sinless? Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh. Hurry and put that in Discord. <laughs> I'm not. They're fighting with each other now. So I'm I'm in the back seat. Oh, it's Catholic going Catholic? Oh, well, that's they're not funny. all Catholic. They're, they oh, right, because some are like... So what what is that like EO or other Orthodox yeah, stuff? Orthodox, and then there's one other. So I think Edo is Eastern Orthodox, and then there's one other person yeah. that they said was something else. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on in the um, in the uh, in the Discord server thing? Y'all see a bunch of different a uh, lot of activity in there. Oh yeah, so Nate and I have been trying to set up different channels to experiment with sorting people out but mostly they're just channels for chris to fight with people where the rest of us don't have to watch it but then chris left well he took his toys yeah he took his toys and went home well yeah mm -hmm. we're, we're yeah it's getting out of control there's like 30 channels there used to be like four now there's like 30 because we're trying to like press divide the discord why he got angry because because oh i don't have the quote i could probably get the quote but it was like steph is abusing her power Oh, yeah, he like, said that if I was you're not going to make me, he's like, if you're not going to make me a mod to, to deal with her, I'm like, I am not. <gasps> he said <laughs> like, that? Like, he said something about, like, uh, it, oh, I don't know. Like, what was it? Oh, like, yeah, he did say this yesterday. Yeah. Don't want to speak ill of people who aren't here, but um, it was no, something no. like um, she was abusing her power, and if if you don't, like, do something, then... I'm going to I'm going to leave, and I'm like, well, you knew I don't do ultimatums, so I guess there's your answer. Um, and then he's like, well, you know, she's just abusing her power, and and I don't like that. And if you're not gonna at least like make me a mod, so we're on equal ground, I'm like, uh, no, no, that's not that's not gonna happen. You're you're the you're the most uncontrolled Christian on that Discord server, um, so no. <laughs> and he's like, and what does it mean by you know what does it mean by um, you know she's gonna you're gonna she says, we're going to move you to the audience if you block that guy, um, so I can't come up. He's like, is she speaking for you now? Is she in control of asking Christian? I'm like, I'm like, you know, let me give you a Christian response. I'm like, you just, you know, made a pretty big dig at me, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to not address it. I'm just going to let it go. Like, that's not the case, but if you want to, like, try to, like, thumb your finger in my nose, um, then... You know, I, I could take that with a grain of salt. Fine. See, instead of like waging war and saying bad things and fighting with you, I'm like, fine. I'm like, generally, I think it shows a, a lack of respect for for me and this ask a Christian, like what we're trying to do, like this whole this whole platform we're trying to create no, is no, to no, have no, 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 it no, is no, to no. have. Hold on. Um. So this whole platform we're trying to create 
is about having civil discussions about really passionate, invoking, hard, hot button issues to talk about. So, so I want to talk about like, you know, no limits, everything's on the table, but I want to do it civilly. Um, so it's kind of like a disrespect to me whenever you can't or won't control yourself. Um, anyway, and then he left, but then he, I guess he collected himself and came back later and everything was fine. What's up, Muhammad? Wait, did all that happen in uh, Clubhouse later or in a the first ten, message in Discord? Yeah, the, the first 10 minutes of Clubhouse yesterday. Oh, okay. That's why I didn't. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to abuse any power I have over there. I made a channel. Here's how he got muted. I made a channel that was like called Catholic Safe Space. Oh, yeah, I know. Because he, yeah. And then oh, he was in there going like, throw me out then. Kick me out. Remove me. I'm going to stay in this channel. You can't tell me where to go. And then I muted him for 24 hours. So I guess uh, yeah, that no, was. Yeah, no, no explanations needed. Uh, he okay. was like, she yeah, muted me. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm like, well, did the Catholic say, okay, here's my Catholic argument. And then you said, okay, well, I understand that. But here is the argument I will put forth, which is why I think you are wrong. You should consider this. Or was it, you're stupid, ah, just a bunch of, like, sarcastic, like, you know, not not very good stuff. Yes, you should, anyway. should be like Nate. You should be like Honest Abe. Honest Abe, it was, there was a reason why he became president. Will you vote for me for president? Do tell. Definitely, why not? Ah, thanks. Once you denounce Trump, I'll vote for you, Nate. Nope. But you guys should vote for the libertarians. Libertarians are going to win you over China. Libertarians what? are just conservatives without God. Wait a minute. Uh, I think you guys, the Jewish lobby, should side with the libertarians. If they are godless, you guys, it's your responsibility to make them godful. Well, we can't make anyone. We can't make anyone godful. We can share yes, the message we of Christ. Yes, we can try. We can try. Well, yeah, apparently try. Steph can because she's a dictator. So. <laughs> also, well, Muhammad, Christian what was your? Uh, who is what John Lennon? Uh, what was is your John question? Lamb? What? My question was: a libertarian. I saw a person named John Lambs. Who is John Lambs? I don't know. He is an American. In Libertarian Party. Tell us more. Or, or don't. But did you have another question or anything? Or was that the question, American politics? No. Uh, okay. The Trinity concept or the Unitarian concept? Can you tell us about John Lamb first? Now I'm curious. What is your interest <laughs> in John Lamb? Yeah, I just wanted to know if he's like Muslim or Christian or what. Why do you Someone care about him? I'm just curious who this guy is. Can you tell us more about who he is? I'm just, I'm going to, I can Google, I mean. John Lamb. Wait, do you mean the John Lamb alive now or the revolutionary? No, the one alive now. Okay. Baseball player? John Lamb. Hmm. The libertarian. Oh, the dude John with Lamb. the beard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who is he? Is he a Christian? A Unitarian Christian? I have no idea. 
you should you should you should is he a politician or a preacher yeah. or what? Yes. it he's says he's the third choice in the libertarian party so he's not even like a super relevant libertarian he's i don't like, know man i don't know anything he about could him. be jewish he could be jewish okay well cool like one like of those rabbis like the rabbis so none of this is near and dear to my heart i i libertarian jewish i i I don't know where to go here, except I, I, I have a lot more things that are at the forefront of I my think, mind. I think CEO branding expert deserves the moder mo being a moderator. <laughs> sure, let me name this channel to Libertarian Jewish Politics, and that would be suited, um, <laughs> since to this has fair, nothing to do with Christianity. Nate is very stingy with that green bean, Muhammad. It's hard to get. <laughs> yeah. I made an I, entire category for you called female usurper when moderator was not good enough. I would like to point out that Brad is the only one who noticed that I'm sick. Thank you, Brad. You're a good friend. I appreciate you. And how no, would I know you're okay. sick? I don't know. Brad knew. I have hand, foot, and mouth, everybody. What? The cow yeah. disease? What? No, what's that? Hand, foot, and mouth. It's foot? a thing babies get. Oh, I thought it was, is it hoof and mouth? That thing? Okay, anyways. Have so, your kids so never had hand, foot, and mouth? No, we shower. What? No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> what? What is it from? Are you going to die? Is this like, do you just take, is it just like a cold that you no. get over in a couple of days or what's going on? It's something that like all kids Mate. get it's a little kid thing they get a rash around their mouth and on their hands Mate. and then Mate. in their back and it Mate. comes with a horrifically sore throat you can't swallow any hold on muhammad <laughs> so so are you feeling better or like a, two or three days and you're back to normal or yeah and it, it can last up to 10 but usually the blisters you get only last three I'm wow. very unhappy. My kids well, have survived two days in public school, and they have been out all week. So school started last week. They did Thursday and Friday, caught hand, foot, and mouth, and haven't been back. Well, I hope for your speedy recovery. I will pray for you. Thanks. Here, look, I'll PTR yes, please, a picture of the baby. Pray for me, too. To receive Jesus Christ, I absolutely will. No, 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 this is blasphemous. What are you saying? Blasphemous to who? To, to, to. Look at my poor God. baby. To God. Not from our perspective. Jesus is God. Uh, you guys should uh, take out Unitarian concepts. To be wrong? Nate, I love how matter-of-a-fact you are today. It's so awesome. Okay. Do you also good. look like that stuff? The good news is your grandparents are going to heaven. Uh, I do not. Because no. they believe in the triune God, the death for a resurrection of Jesus Christ, who says... Come to him, and he'll give the waters of eternal life to whoever wants it freely without charge. No, uh, because yes, they I were hard workers. They were, they did not have ChatGPT. They did not have AI. They did not have mobile phones. 
they were really hard workers. And you know what they say in Islam? That, like, you know, hardship is like ibadah. Ibadah, which means, like, what God has destined and sent you to do, or hardships, to take and uh, take the burden of the hardships of life. This is a new one, Muhammad. Are you saying that ChatGPT will contribute to us going to hell? I mean, it, it's, it's going to make our lives easier, but it's going to take away a lot of jobs. It's going to uh, take away the food from the plate of a lot of poor people. Many people are yeah, going to die. It's not, Muhammad. I run an agency. We use ChatGPT, and actually what it's done is it allows me to hire younger people but and actually pay them more not... because they're able to augment the job, and we're able to be more productive, make so more is, revenue, and create the... more jobs. Exactly, so productivity exactly, exactly. leads to more job creation, exactly, not less. Exactly, exactly. This Our is economy has proved this out. This wait, Muhammad, wait, wait, Muhammad, you just said two things. You just contradicted each other. You said it was going to be bad because it was going to make things easier. But in the very yeah. same breath, you also said it was going to put people out of work and make hardships, which would make which would make people have to work harder. So it's exactly what you wanted. We need to we need to learn to fight and adapt with it. And we have to fight it. We do have to fight it because we cannot let people misuse it. Like, you know, deep fakes. Do you know about deep fakes? Yep. Okay, that's a reasonable concern. Okay, that's reasonable, Muhammad. I'll give you. Yeah. Is he saying nude, nude male photos? No, it's <laughs> like Ukrainian, Ukrainian. Like for example, what, yeah, yeah, like what he's saying about the Ukrainian thing, and also like whenever people um, come up with deep fakes of Bob and make him sound like a Trinitarian, oh, now, that type fakes. stuff. He said deep fakes. Okay, that's not what I thought he said. What do you think he said? I can't repeat it. It's naughty. Mind out of the gutter, bro. I just heard what I heard. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, do we have a topic? Thank you, Noel. Heard it. Thank you, Noel. Yes, I think I I want to see each and every one of you in heaven, and inshallah, it's going to happen. That's so sweet, Muhammad. If you accept Christ, you'll see us there. No, I'm going to. Alcohol is forbidden in Islam, right? What's forbidden? Not in not in United Arab Emirates. No, it's forbidden for Muslims, right? Like, just not visitors. No, the like Muslims and UAE drink alcohol. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Everyone drinks alcohol in UAE. The Muslims do it. They, they, they have completely modernized their economy. So the big difference between them and Saudi is Saudi's trying to modernize, but they still have outlawed alcohol. But in UAE, anyone drinks. So even though, even though Islam, I think, forbids alcohol... Islam, like the Muslims who are Islamic in UAE are like, yeah, we're still drinking. Correct. Because reasons, I guess. Well, I was wondering because that guy either sounds like drunk or sleepy or I, I don't know. His mind was wandering. We went from Unitarian to John whatever Libertarian politician to deep fakes and AI. Good morning, Chris. Do you have a topic to get us back on track? Um, 1% of teenagers between the ages of 13 and 14 have a biblical worldview that go to 1%? 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1
1% that have two Christian parents that attend an evangelical church every week, 1% of Gen Z has a biblical. Where are those studies from? That seems incredibly low. Uh, Barna. And they've been doing the study for 15 years. And only 6% of adults that go to evangelical churches have a biblical worldview. Um, only 45% of pastors and only 4% of executive pastors. Well, he, his numbers aren't that off. I'm looking at another article that says a Barna group says it's 4%. So even Wait, what are they calling digits. a biblical worldview? Yeah, like whenever we talk about this they stuff, I'm like, well, it. is it biblical world? Yeah, is it like incredibly, incredibly strict? No, it's like really vague. It's like... Well, give us the questions. Uh, yeah, like, well, I mean, I'm driving. But uh, yeah, I mean, the it's things like, did Jesus sin? And... You know, is there such a thing as objective truth? Like, these are like super basic questions. And between the ages of 13 years old and 14 years old that go to church every week, only 1% of those kids have a biblical worldview. The overwhelming majority in the 80s believe that there is no such thing as objective truth. 61% um, believe that Jesus sinned. Really? Yeah. How do you spell this? Bar like B A R N A. Yeah. Barna Group. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll, actually, I'll put the link in the chat. I found it. Ah, oh, thank you. There's well, a if bunch you found of it, can you go ahead and give us all yeah, the. So you give give us all like, the. The latest one that just dropped like two days ago. You're gonna have a harder time finding that because the, the, they just dropped that one. But well, this yeah, one, yeah, I mean, this one's at four percent, and some of the things it says is the deterrence are the uh, problem of e evil existing. Twenty nine percent of them have an issue with that. Um, Twenty three percent said church hit hypocrisy is their biggest barrier. Um, and these are and, people who go to church. Yeah, the, uh, well, this one. This one decided, is just Gen Z's. Yeah, oh, that's just from, Gen Z, dude. Yeah, no, I'm talking. There's a different. There's a completely different study that's only church kids, and the church kids do worse than the rest of the population. Jeez. And only four percent of millennial parents think that spiritual development is important at all. And these are millennial parents that go to church. Only 4% believe that spiritual development is important at all. I blame the non-denominational church. It, this is across all churches. Presby churches, you know, charismatic churches, like any kind of church you can imagine. They're just, we're really bad at catechizing children. We're just really bad at it. How do you guys hey, think D. that your kids? Uh, hey, Nate. How do you guys think that your kids fare as far as their beliefs? I mean, I know. I, I mean, I know they'll give the right answers, but I mean, you know, only God knows their heart. Who knows what's going to happen whenever they're like fifteen? They're like, "My daddy grounded me, so God's a lie." <laughs> I mean, certainly hope not. But I mean, you know, I, I know they would give the right answers now. Do you have them, like, test their faith? How so? So. You ask them. 
would I like I probe into acts of my well, yeah, like not in Inquisition style, but I mean, you know, I, was, I mean, you know, they're like nine and eleven, so I mean, it's not like they have a super deep theology, but I mean, the basic stuff, yeah. Well, I'm for for example, like you know, um, I tell so my kids, I, I just put in the link in the chat, FYI. Yeah, D. That's those are shocking statistics, right? One hundred percent. You know, I just kind of like tell them to, you know, I, I guess it's it's very superficial, but in essence, like when they're going through stuff, I tell them like to pray, ask things of God that you know that only He can provide. You know what I'm saying? And and I and not necessarily in an unrealistic way, like not like he's a genie, but more so like for guidance and, you know, for like little things that are important to you that you know that you only have had a conversation with him. Just like put put your faith in in action. Like that's something I did when I was a little kid. Like I used to be testing God on little little stuff. And in essence someone else looking in would be like that's dumb but it just strengthened my relationship because everything that i you know we requested like for example it's it's a dumb it's it's dumb but it was it was very like um important for me so i remember um i used to grow i grew up in detroit and there was like a bus system that goes everywhere and i was going over to my homegirl house and um i wanted to call her before I came to make sure she was home. And this is the time where myself, um, or not even a, not even a, a thing, it was pay phone. So I, I um, had a pay phone and I'm putting my money in to try to call and it's not working. I do it like 10 times and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't even know if she's home. And then, so there was this like lady who came and she sat down in the bus, uh, in the bus like station seat and she just like she had this badass attitude like she was just so mean and just her spirit just didn't sit right with me and um I heard my spirit say actually does she know Christ and so I said well if I ask her if she know Christ you're gonna make this telephone work because I'm thinking you know I'm and I'm actually praying to you know God when I'm having this conversation and and my spirit was assured. And so I said, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Basic line. And the lady said, yes. So she was. She had an attitude, but I asked her. And then I went back to the phone and the phone worked. So I do little stuff like that when I was younger. And it seemed to work for me. Well, I mean, I definitely try to like get all the like false expectations out of the way. Like stuff that, you know, like the common atheists you know, complain to us about like the common objections are just so stupid. I can't bear it because they're unbiblical. Like, you know, like you said, like the God is not a genie. Right. So, so, um, you know, one time my, my kid, they were like not feeling well or whatever. They're like, you know, daddy, I asked Jesus to, or I prayed to God and ask him, you know, to, to make me feel better or whatever. And you know, it didn't work. I'm like, there's no expectation of that. Right. So, you know, on one hand, again, I'm, I'm dumbing this down for like a, like six year old at the time or seven-year-old maybe, but I'm like, there's no expectation that, you know, God's going to give us whatever we want. Um, I'm like, the Bible says we're supposed to pray for really specific things like God's will. So what is God's will? Like you would think it's, you know, to, to be well and healed and stuff like that. But if there's another reason, 
that's going to like lead to more people learning about Jesus somehow. That's the ultimate thing. So I'm like, you know, like trying to address like false expectations um, because people are like, oh, well, the Bible says you can move mountains. And I prayed for Pike's Peak to be thrown in the ocean and it didn't work. So your God's a lie. Um, just addressing some of that like ridiculous stuff so it doesn't like trip them up later because that's not even the correct way to understand it. Are we done here? Steph, what about you? I'm dying. Oh. Steph, if you pray and Jesus doesn't heal you, that doesn't mean God doesn't exist. You're supposed to pray in the will of God. Okay, thanks, Nate. I'm reading a book about this right now, about how to pray, considering that God is who he is and doesn't change. But then what is the purpose of prayer then? And what do we do with it? It's a very interesting book. It's to change you. No, he argues that God does respond to prayer. Well, I believe that. Yeah. I'm dying. You're dying of what? Hand, foot, and mouth, Felix. What? You're not dying, you're just hungry. <laughs> okay, that could be true too. <laughs> uh, Snickers will take care of that. <laughs> Felix, did you did your kids ever get hand, foot, and mouth? Did they ever get what? I guess not. That's what I said. Hand, foot, and mouth? Yeah. What is that? Also what I said. I've heard of that before. You got like a bad cough and um rash or something. Americanize me, Americanize me some more. It's a sensitive (laughs) subject because you get it when you're non-hygienic and don't take showers. No, it's just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just joking. It's totally viral based on being dirty. No. We don't Actually, mean to make fun of your plight. I have no way to disprove this because the community, it's like really, really, really common where I am. Like the kids get it. Like, I don't know. Every kid gets this. But oh. then I live in a community of filthy hippies, so I can't, <laughs> can't disprove it. Speaking of hippies, <laughs> speaking of hippies, I was in a room yesterday talking to somebody that we all know here. Probably we all know. Um, uh, she was part of the Jesus movement. So, Oh, yeah, can yeah. I, can anybody... Give me just a quick, the quick uh, story on the Jesus movement, real quick. I don't feel like looking it up. It depends on uh, what I region mean, of the country. California. Yeah, so the one from. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if you talk to her much, I, I'm not super familiar with that, the Jesus movement, but I can tell you what she says about the Jesus movement. And who was it? The the what was the guy in charge? Ronnie or what? What was his name? Well, Lonnie Frisbee. Lonnie Frisbee. Yeah, Lonnie. I can tell you what she thinks about him. But but I don't know the actual like uh, okay so like what I know of the Jesus movement there is like some like fuddy duddy like kind of like crusty old traditional pastor and he meets this new like charismatic guy and like a hippie guy he gets saved and then they, they kind of like have this dynamic duo and they and they start like these big um, like church type revival revival gatherings and stuff like that and lots of like California actual hippies um, you know become Christians and stuff like that and. Then they start, was it, oh, what was the name of the church? Calvary? Yeah, Calvary, Calvary, Calvary Chapel. Chapel. Okay, that's they what I thought. They started that. That's what I thought, yeah. And um, 
yeah, so they started that, and then um, that's that's kind of like I, I still haven't seen the movie even yet. That Jesus Revolution, yeah. I haven't seen that. Okay, so that but, movie yeah. is based on that. That movie. Yes, based but on then no, not so, really. Okay, hang on. So the darker side of the story is what this person would say because they've said it on record. Um, that the people who were behind like promoting Lonnie Frisbee and like writing a book and like chronicling his life, they wanted to make him look very, very good. Um, and they came to this person for, um, you know, for commentary of it because it was, it was the, she was married to him or girlfriend or married, I think. Right. Married anyway, but okay. Yeah. And, and so like they wanted to present him in a very, very good way. And she's like, no, that's not what happened. Um, because she would claim, that there was like homosexuality got involved and, you know, he was not faithful and he was like, not this great shining star of Christianity. He like had a bunch of sexual immorality and like gay stuff going on. So anyway, that's her claim. Needless to say, they no longer wanted her to uh, give input for the book and I guess the movie either. It's much yeah. more than a claim. Yeah. It's well known facts. Like these are yeah, well known facts. He had said that they have him on plenty of records saying that he himself had, was partaking in this. Um, but no, oh. Nate, they went to her after the movie was made and they said, hey, we're releasing this. Uh, what do you think? And they sent her a copy. And she was like, because, uh, you know, she's in the movie. Like, not her, her wait, likeness. Wait, when you say her, are you referring to the her that I'm referring yes. to? Yes. Yeah. It has to be. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the one who was in the lounge with us yesterday. Yeah. So she's, yeah. she started that movement. Right, like she wasn't just in it. She and her husband started it, and so she's here on Clubhouse, but she's kind of quiet about it, like who she is and her history, unless she's in a small room, and then she'll get talking about it. But uh, no, they when they made the Jesus movement or whatever it's called that movie, they sent it to her like a week before they started marketing it, and she had actually called me. I don't know how, like long before I knew who she was. Oh, it was the Darth Dawkins things when Darth Dawkins uh, yeah. picked her up. Yeah, I actually messaged her and was just like, are you okay? And we exchanged phone numbers. And then I started talking to her and praying for her. Like, that's how I got to know her. But I didn't know who she was. Like, I had no idea. Malak told me like six months later who she was. But anyway, when that when she got the pre-screen of that movie, she sent me this really long text about how she didn't know what to do and what to think. And But it was, she said what she wanted was that God was glorified and that the movie would glorify God. But it wasn't the truth. And she just had to live with that. So I can't but, imagine the pain of having to deal with. And also before the movie, like, you know, when, like she, she, um, I think she was talking about like a long time ago, they came to her for like books and like a documentary, like, like way, way before this movie thing. But in any case, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Clear. Someone wrote a, a book on it and she was consulted for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, just to be clear though. That was only one little part of the Jesus movement in Southern California. Like the Jesus movement was all over the country. And so that's why I said, depends on the region. And so the Jesus movement was in New York. It was huge in New York. Um, it was huge in major cities all over the place. And anywhere there were, there were hippies, the, the, <laughs> you know, the real big epicenter of the Jesus movement wasn't in Southern California. It was actually in San Francisco. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff about the Jesus movement and uh, yeah, how it's, how it's, you know, uh, and actually if you want to talk to somebody who was around um, that uh, has a, has a different experience with it, uh, Glenn Kaiser is still around. He's at, he's up in Chicago 
and you can just email them right from their website. It's Jesus People USA. So they're continuing on the Jesus movement, and um, they're in a real famous band called Resurrection Band. Um, it's what, it was considered the first Christian rock and roll band. So there's a lot of a lot of other history having to do with the Jesus movement besides just that Chuck Smith little little bit of it. Yeah, but he gave it the public steam, didn't he? Like other groups may have been bigger, but he's the one who made it go. Not really. I mean, just in that area, yes, but not nationally. Uh-huh. Hey, Veckel, it's been a long time. If anyone doesn't know, Veckel's a Christian cartoonist. You should follow him down there and check out his stuff on YouTube. Wow, try to give the guy a, try to give the guy a, a hand, and uh, apparently I'm doing it all wrong. Thanks for correcting me, usurper. No, oh, hey, did you ever figure out the title of that fresco? Oh no, but I didn't look either. I mean, it's gonna—it's not the one, one that I Luke painted four hundred years after he was alive. <laughs> not the Luke ones. <laughs> oh no, 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 we're talking about something else. No, I mean it's gonna be given a name about its location. It's gonna be like the Vatican Saint Bartholomew Day massacre. Like if you Google that. You'll you'll see it. I don't think it has a title like a Renaissance Renaissance paintings would. They name them a lot after the place where they are, you know, like the. Um, oh my gosh, what are they called? When you see those, like, oh Chris, what are they called? Oh my gosh, when you see in threes the triptychs, triptychs. triptychs. When you see triptychs, yeah. yeah. When you see them installed in the church, they're going to be named after the church they're in. It's it's probably going to be something like. Did you did you watch F for Fake yet? No, not yet. Oh, you're killing me. Hey, Veckel, welcome to the stage. What's up, Veckel? Are you hey. a cartoonist or an illustrator? Can you get, can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Yeah. All, all right. Yeah. Yes. Good to be here. Um. Yeah. Uh. You know, not professionally. It's just just a hobby. Uh. That's all. You know. Well, yeah, but your stuff is real and it exists on on YouTube. At least I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, just just a hobby. That's all. Just Says like the published uh, published illustrator. I, I'm not published. I thought your book was. Didn't you finish it? A book? I don't. I don't have a book. Who am I thinking of? Well, make one and do self publishing. You probably thinking probably thinking of somebody else. Yeah, yeah, who am I thinking of? Who's got the... Okay, so now let's ask the question again. Oh, Kevin. Cartoonist Kevin. or illustrator? Yeah, Kevin, Kevin G. Has a published. Okay, shout out to Kevin in the audience mm. who's got an awesome comic book. Okay, oh, sorry. Hey, hey I'm back. interested in that. Yeah, give us a link if you can. I'd like to check it out. Kevin. Michael, yeah, cartoonist or illustrator? <laughs> uh, I I I don't know. Uh, I guess more of a. Are you offended by either title? No. <laughs> okay, great. So Kevin and Veckel, there you go. Uh, cosmic <laughs> connections or Christ-centered connections. There you go. You guys both do cartoon stuff for us dumb same? people that don't know what to call it. So follow <laughs> each other and and do some good works. And if you uh, you know, if if you're the yeah. Jesus Revolution of Christian comics, hook me up with the finder speed. I can't change the yeah. link. I'm gonna post. Yeah, uh, in case people are wondering <laughs> what the. Uh, yeah, I I, were, I have a uh, an animated, well, a slightly animated uh, project that I've been working on for the past twelve years. So uh, it's it's on. Well, no longer on my YouTube channel. I gotta repost those videos now. But uh, yeah, just an end times cartoon that I put together, and uh, that's it. You know, it's just just a, just a hobby. 
But, uh, I've grown a little bit of a yeah, a little bit of a fan base. Uh, some some people really really like the the like it, and uh, yeah, they're they're asking for the next and final episode, which I'm working on right now as we speak. But so is it like the left behind of comics or cartoon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that, except a little bit more mature than you would think. You know, no, I mean, no cussing or nudity or anything like that, but it's it's definitely not your uh, VeggieTales type of uh, tone to it, that's for sure. Good. VeggieTales bothers me. <laughs> I don't like talking vegetables either. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what, what do you guys um, chatting about? Well, we we haven't had a really focused thing. Like we, we every time we have like a focused topic, we we spend like five minutes on it and we're done. So we haven't really had a a big topic of the day. Would you like to give us one? Um, can't really. Well, there's a whole bunch of them. I just don't know which one that that we haven't covered already. <laughs> the Christian world is your oyster. I mean, the last time we asked uh, uh, Muhammad um, if he had a Christian-ish question, he asked us to talk about a Jewish libertarian politician. So, I mean, you know, you can't be more far off than that. <laughs> hmm. So I don't know if I have any comment for them, for that kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't have much to say about it either. <laughs> All right, well, let me, let me ask you this then. Um, there's a room. I don't know if you know Praise uh, I Am or Praise That I Am. Yep. Uh, his YouTube channel. Oh, so, and real quick, I, Roberto, I saw your invite. If you can't get up here, um, let us know. I, I saw you had a question, but yeah, I tried to invite you, but if you can't, just ask it in chat. Uh, yeah, go ahead, uh, Beckel. Yeah. Um, for the past few Steph, months, him? for the past few months, uh, when I pop into the room, I'm usually outnumbered by uh, people who are non-Calvinists, and they'll and the argument goes back and forth between whether or not uh, the issue is essential versus non-essential. So my view is that it's a non-essential issue because people talk to me all the time and they don't even know what position I take until we start getting really, really deep into theology. And then they'll say, you know, things like, oh, wait a minute. So that doesn't sound like what I believe, you know? And then I'm like, yeah. So, so what the question is what well, is the question it? is uh yeah you know, my question is uh what what are your thoughts personally on the issue of uh Calvinism versus uh Arminianism or non-Calvinism uh, do you think it's an essential issue or a non-essential issue No absolutely not and real fast Steph I made you mod uh could you please invite Roberto down there it's not letting me invite him he has a question but no it's not essential and even the most crusty Calvinist I know and <clears throat> Chris um would say it's not uh, not essential it can't be essential because you because the end road <clears throat> both sides agree on the same thing this if you believe in the death or resurrection of jesus believe jesus is god came from heaven to earth can forgive your sins you ask him to save you give you eternal life make you born again you repent believe the gospel you are saved so both sides agree on that so the thing that you must agree on is that so you can disagree on how it happens and how you get there but if that's your end position you're both saved, so you can try arguing in heaven around Jesus about how you're both still wrong, but 
no one's going to care at that point, probably. <laughs> That's right. That's for sure. That is for sure. Yeah, I always joke to like, uh, if me and an Armenian are arguing and we die at the same time and then we're at the <laughs> pearly gates and we're walking through the gate, you know, you know, Jesus, well, you know what he said when he was on earth? Yeah, well, you know what Veku said when he was on earth? And Jesus said, well, did you both believe in me? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, then go in. And then as we're walking in, Jesus stops me and fist bumps me real quick. <laughs> and not the other guy? Right, right. <laughs> uh, Roberto, what's up, man? Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes. All right. My question is, um, how do you know if an argument that you that you have a, um, a biblical argument is a false equivalency or not? Do you have an example we can play with? Okay. Um, so if you can tell by my profile that I'm a Seventh Day Adventist, so um, just that this I'll just use one of the examples that's in the circles that I'm in. So the when we go knocking on doors and um, we meet other Christians and let's say somebody talks about the Sabbath, um, usually the answer by most Christians are Jesus is my Sabbath, right? And then I heard a response the other day where um, a friend of mine said that, uh, hold on, let me just read it real quick so I don't get it mixed up. He said, uh, sorry for doing this to you guys like that. Here it goes. Okay. He said, um, uh, Mark 2.27 says, and he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for a man and not man for the Sabbath. And then his response was, if the Sabbath is God, then God was made for man. Is that what you would consider a false equivalency? Okay, if man, say that, can you read That's that again? ridiculous. If, if God made man for the Sabbath, then what was the last part? Okay, so I'll read the text again. It says, Mark 2, 27. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And so his conclusion was, if the Sabbath is Jesus or God, then God was made for man. Now, my question is, if that's a false equivalency, how do you identify that it's a false equivalency or not? I know I asked for an example, but that one makes my head hurt. Chris, you want to speak to that? I'm at church. I heard something about Calvinism, and I'm crusty. No, no, I was like, okay, you're you're no help. Okay. So I'm not can crusty. I, can I? Yeah, Veckel. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm just like that. I, I I am. I mean, admittedly, I'm in a Fortnite battle, so apologies. But I mean, that that is kind of making my head spin around a little bit. How no, do you I think know it is a false. If that's a false equivalency. Because on one hand, Christ said he's the Lord of the Sabbath. And the other thing is something that was created by God, the Sabbath, uh, to assert to the conclusion that therefore God is created uh, and made for man. That 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 doesn't make any sense. That's a it, no one. But would then, come how to that do you conclusion. know? How do you know? So, so yeah. So your question. So so the the question wasn't is uh, the the question was wasn't is this a correct question? It was like 
Right. Everyone, everyone it, believes this. Everyone believes the answer is false. But right. how do they arrive at that conclusion? Like biblically speaking. I don't know how to word it, put it in words, but it, it just doesn't follow. <laughs> Wait, so okay. can I cl- can I clarify a little bit? Um, so, sure, I, I just have no well, idea what you're talking about. Well, yeah, Roberto. Hey, I, I, yeah, maybe it's my bad for the example. Um, can you forget the example and just ask ask Chris the the original question without the example? Sure. So my question is, how do you identify whether or not an argument, a biblical argument, is a false equivalency or not? Yeah, Chris. So you have to take your biblical arguments in systematic theology. That's why we have systematic theology, is that we match all of the arguments given throughout the scripture about different topics. We categorize them in one of 10 topics that they will fit in. And then we look at what the scripture says about those particular topics and we match the consistency of those topics throughout the scripture. So when we talk about like the nature, character and nature of God, there's literally hundreds of verses having to do with that. And so we contextualize all of those verses together. Does that make sense? Kinda. Um, can you break it down a little bit more? I was, I was like wondering, like, if, let's, let's say, for example, you're talking about like before Clubhouse changed, a big thing was Trinity, Trinitarians versus oneness. Like, so if a person is from a different framework when it comes to the Godhead, and they come with an argument for why they believe this is the what the Godhead really is. And you, you, I guess you know the example, you're familiar with the example. How do you identify that that's a false equivalency? That what is a false equivalency between what and what? So, so like, say, uh, wish I had an example for that. But I've heard um, when uh, in the rooms, when people make arguments, they say, um, to answer another person, they say, well, that's a false equivalency. You can't use that argument. So th- that's why that question came up. And I, was, I was kind of mulling over it, like, well, how do you identify when you're bringing up an argument to support the doctrine that you have, whether or not it's a, a false equivalency or not, because you're okay. you know, biased. All right, I see what you're saying now. I'm with you. Go ahead, Nate. Well, I, I think I, let me just tell you something and tell me if it's what you're thinking. So like earlier, that, that may have been an example. So someone was trying to say, based on a Bible verse, where um, they were trying to justify how Catholic tradition um, is biblical and why we need to follow it based on a Bible verse. The Bible verse they used was Paul telling the people that they needed to hold on to the oral tradition and the things that they have learned in the past. Um, And and so they were using that to falsely equivocate why that's justification for why you should continue tradition and make up new tradition. And I'm like, no, that's completely wrong. Paul's saying take what you already had and hold on to that that is in no way justification for inventing new stuff. So I would say that would be an example. And I mean, I get to that just by, I mean, you know, reading and comprehension. I mean, I mean, there's nothing super holy about that. It's just like, no, like anyone should be able to plainly see that Paul is talking about the past. That does not justify the future. Yeah. Is that, are, are, are we kind of synced up? No, yeah, that, that, that was... Chris? 
ahead, Roberto. And like, like baptized. Now that you say it, like we have a floodgate. Like, you know, there's this one guy that thinks um, that in order to be saved, you must cry tears, like literal tears, um, out your eyes or you are not saved. And the way he, he justifies that, uh, someone help me out. I've tried to, like, tune it out. Um, it, but it, it's it's like he'll use Bible verses and say, like, Jesus will give, like, I don't know, water of eternal life. And Jesus was baptized. And when he says um, you must repent, he says, what happens when you repent? And we're like, well, you you turn. You go the other way. Oh, yeah, he's like, him. no. And he's like, no, when you repent, you feel sorrow. I'm like, well, yes, godly repentance brings sorrow that you know leads to righteousness. So that's true. And he says, but what happens when you have sorrow? Um, you, you have remorse, you have regret, and you, and you cry. And I'm like, what? He's like, and you cry when you repent because you're so sorry. So see, you don't truly repent unless you cry. Therefore, if you don't <laughs> cry, you haven't repented. Therefore, you're not saved. And I'm like, I don't even know if that qualifies as a false equivalency or like if you can stack 10 false equivalencies on top of each other. But yeah, like stuff like that, just comprehension, just basic reading comprehension will, will help you. Well, that sounds crazy. Yeah, that's, it uh, is that's insane. baptized, yeah. Well, and it's, oh, go ahead. Well, all I was going to say is like Kevin G in the chat is correct. Like a false equivalency just means that I'm taking one category and I'm making a category error, and I'm equi I'm using it equivalent to another category. That's all a false equivalency is. And so when somebody says, hey, that's a false equivalency, that's a shortcut for saying your argument or the argument that that particular scripture is making is in a completely different category than what you are trying to use it for. That's all. Gotcha. Also, Thank you. I would also add, have, if someone tells you it's a false equivalency, have them explain it because maybe the error that they think is an error is not an error to you, and it may not be a. Yeah, that's a good point, D. May not be because yeah, yeah, lots of times, <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's a good, that, that's, well, well, that's a good point because a lot of times, like, we, we were actually in a Bible study the other, uh, was it a Bible study? Oh God, hang on, let me remember this. But no, it wasn't a Bible study. I think it was something. I don't remember what it was, but someone said, oh, yeah, I remember what it was. Um, it was about we were talking about like my, my community was trying to decide on unifying the age of of kids being in the pool unattended. Um, so it was like a, a meeting we we're having. Um, and the, the question was, should we unify the age? I know super holy, right? Should should we unify the age? Because right now it's like 12 without supervision to be in the pool unattended. And it's uh, 16 or 14 to ride golf carts unattended and it's 16 to be in the gym. So the question was, should we unify the age across the board to just start with the highest one, which would be 16 to be in the gym. So that way, if they meet 16, they automatically can be assumed to be safe to be everywhere else. Um, or should we leave it the same because you don't need to be 16 to be unattended in the pool. So anyways, someone brought up, I, I was just preventing and someone are presenting the argument as I've heard it from the other people talking about it to someone who was late to the party. And they're like, that's a logical fallacy. I'm like, wait, no, no. I got, we didn't get into it because it didn't matter. I'm like, that's not a logical fallacy. Like, you may have problems with it, but I just presented the argument. It's, it's not a logical fallacy. Like, maybe you could explain it in a way that is, but the entire subject that we're talking about is, is just not wholly a logical fallacy. So he, he called out a logical fallacy when it, it was not. Um, so, yeah, if someone says, like, that's a false equivalency or, you know, that's one, that's a straw man. Is it? Like, maybe I'm not making your position easy to knock down. Um, maybe your position really just is easy to knock down. <laughs> so maybe it's <laughs> not a straw man. Maybe it 
it, it that is how it is. That's the best you got. So yeah, that's a good point. Do you have them like explain why they think that, and then you can go from there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Some people just want to be clever their, too. Yeah, and a lot of times they get their fallacies mixed up, like. Yep. You you may be making a, a equivalency, and they're like, "That's a straw." You know, it's <laughs> like you ain't take a logical reasoning class. It's college, and you're 20 years <laughs> old. You don't really remember. Stop. You're just trying to sound important. But oh, may, um, I, <laughs> may people that's the glory it. of Vanderbilt's fallacy. fallacy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> or my or my favorite one recently has been the the uh, that's a no true Christian. You're a no true Christian. Like, dude, he literally says he worships Satan. He is not a true Christian. You're just saying that. That's a no true Christian fallacy. He worships the devil. My, yeah, I hate the no true I hate that one with a pageant. That's a no true. No, there are qualifications. You have to, there are like a, it's a standard. There's a standard. And if you don't meet the standard, that's, that's what it is. It's nothing. Yeah, I, I- I often say too, especially because it's, it's usually atheists that utilize that uh, that raise that flag up. So, oh, that's a no true Scotchman fallacy, and I just say, well, he means that nicer than it sounds, Michael. Right, right. I just, now wait, let's go to the scriptures, and which defines what what a true Christian actually is. But see, that's the problem. See, they don't want to go to the one source that like they, if you, if you... that they reject that which defines what an actual Christian is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if you pull out the No True Christian for uh, for Calvinism, Arminianism, I'm going to say mm-hmm. that's a great time to use that because both of them right. can clearly be Christians. If it's like, you know, one is a, a, a you know, one is like an avowed atheist and, and they're making like a, a, a Christian argument or something, I, I, don't, I don't even know. Or if someone is like so far outside of Christianity, like, you know, I, I believe the Bible. I believe Jesus was a good guy. I call myself a Christian. Uh, but God is energy, and he, it lives in me, and I am God. I'm like, bro, you're not a true Christian. And they're like, you're just saying that's a no true Christian fallacy. It's like, no, you are so far away from the marker. Uh, anyways, Michael, good morning. How are you doing? I was to bring Michael in there. I'm glad he's on the stage. That was, we could use Michael's example yesterday when he was taught, well, we were having a conversation, and he was like, that's a no true Scotsman yesterday when we were talking about you know, I think uh, people who are, like, forcing uh, people to be Christians and killing them and stuff like that, and I think, Nate, you're like, they're not Christians. Oh, the Inquisitions. Yeah, so I think that, but for me, that's an example. I don't feel like, feel this, I hate, we can't even say feel anymore. There is, there is, no, do not kill is a statute of what we should follow as a Christian, and if you're killing people to force them to be a Christian, that's crazy. That you can't be a Christian if that's what you're doing. I don't, I don't think that's a fallacy. That's like reality. In my uh, Michael, are you speaking? Uh, yeah, I'm here. I was just waiting for the the cavalcade of misrepresentation to end. How's everybody well, doing I mean, this morning? Uh, well, to be clear, it also says do not murder. So uh, you know, killing yeah, would be yeah, justified. Precisely. Murder would not. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I, I was. Uh, <clears throat> I was close to jumping all over that like a fat kid on a smarty, but is that, yeah, that. like you, you, you really, you really don't want to do that because that. Are you saying like all fat kids jump on smarties? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, and I say that as a former fat kid. Um, so no, but it's uh, yeah, you you really want to be careful to make sure you you, you use "thou shalt do no murder" because if you say "thou shalt not kill," 
then that opens up a whole plethora of problems. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. agree. I stand corrected. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, that's why, you know, anybody who's, you know, who studies the Bible, they'll see that the Hebrew word there that's used, uh, used interchangeably depending on the context, just like we see in English and Greek. So it's not a problem. So you can use the same word, uh, just just depends on how it's used in the context. Well, since we're talking about fallacies then, so then, you know, then the, the problem with that is that when then God, when God does it, it's okay because it's God, then that would be special pleading. If the word is interchangeable, then you've just opened yourself up to that. Uh, wait, what are you talking about? Or is there a specific? So, so what Veckel just said was, is you can use murder or kill interchangeably. So the problem with that is that if you do something like that, and then you say, well, God kills people. No, no, no. God, you know, it's murder. It's unjust killing. When God, when God does it, it's just. That, by definition, would be special pleading. <clears throat> no, no, I'm saying the same word. Um, I'm not saying what? versus murder. I'm talking about the Hebrew word, the Hebrew rendition of the word. Um, well, when you're, you're talking battle, about the Hebrew translation of the word. So we're still talking yeah, about you, the same word. If, some, if somebody comes into my house and they're threatening to kill my family and I kill them instead, is that murder? No, it's not murder. Uh, yeah, but so it's I, the same you. But it's the same word that I use when, if I were to premeditatively uh, kill someone who is minding your own business, you know, so okay, it's the same okay. word. <clears throat> okay, hang on. There's two things. So, so one, yeah, you can say murder and define murder as unjustified killing, and you can say killing is justified. Uh, so you could define it that way. Or I think like quite on what Veckel may be saying is like oftentimes in the Bible, um, I, I can't think of an exact verse, but I, I know I've read it and it may be a translation or whatever. But you will find things like, you know, uh, let's just let's just say, for example, like um, if the if the wicked are killed, I, I don't know, let, let's make up a proverb. If the wicked are killed, that is their fate, like implying self-defense, imply, implied justified killing. But um, if the if the innocent are killed unjustly, God doesn't like that. You can say, well, see, they use the word kill. They use the word kill. But the way they define kill, they said unjustly right before it. So. That would be synonymous with murder as defined as unjustified killing. Get it? So, like, if it, someone says, I'm going to kill you unjustly. Well, great. If you say kill unjustly, that, that, that explains your intent. If you say murder, that also implies killing unjustly, so that explains your intent. So, if we're talking about interchangeably like that, yeah, that's just semantics. And that, I mean, there's, there is no difference. In, in fact, one last thing. Uh, I would even actually venture to challenge Michael here. Um, to find us one verse where uh, in the Hebrew text, not in the English, but in the Hebrew, where God is actually uh, committing murder or killing. Because we see that word ratzak used in Hebrew, uh, which is usually in reference to something that humans are doing. Uh, but whenever we see God smiting people or God commanding people to be smite or smote, smote um, we don't, you know, I'm just wondering if we see that same word used uh in those passages as well if you can if you have an example well no, for the record well, kevin no, g in chat says uh harang uh what is it harag and ratsa are two Rat, different words Rastak, yeah right two different words yep and mm-hmm. so anyways go ahead michael well no of course you wouldn't find that because of the way the bible was written because and and you won't you won't find or i don't think you'd find any christian that would say that when god kills anyone it's murder like if God kills right, but someone, you're saying so, that so, though. But you're saying so, that there's a fallacy though. 
Well, but but I, I have a bigger question. Michael, do you think that you could have God and not have special pleading? Can it, what, Why would there not be special pleading if we're talking about an external force that none of us fully comprehend? Wouldn't there need to be special pleading? No, there wouldn't need to be special pleading because what because what special pleading is is holding is is using a different standard. So, for example, of course, so you would use a different standard. Well, no, you use a different standard, right? I don't use a different standard. You use a different standard because you're a believer. Okay, so so for example, um, in uh, let's just use one of the most popular ones in First Samuel, right? When when God orders uh, the the killing of the Amalekites. You, like it, it is my contention, CEO, that you would call that justified killing. Yes, you would not call that murder, would you? Come on, answer the question. Sorry, um, say say. I'm sorry, Michael. Say it again. I got distracted. Okay, in First Samuel, when God orders the killing of the Amalekites, would you call that justified or unjustified? Is that killing or is that murder? Uh, killing. Right, exactly. You hold you hold it to a different standard. I say it's all the same. But assuming for, okay, well, assuming for a moment, assuming uh, for a uh, moment, assuming for a moment that the that the stories you think are actually true, in the by by my standard, your God ordered murder. Got it. Uh, so, wait, so Michael, wait, so wait, 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 hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Uh, Michael, so. It's not true to save all Christians. I don't think I, I mean, ask me enough questions. Maybe I'll special plead on one. Off the top of my head, I, w I don't think I would be doing a lot of special pleading. I wouldn't in that case. I, I would call it, um, I wouldn't call it murder, but there's also a lot of reasons besides special pleading, like many people would call euthanasia compassionate, you, you know, compassionate relief. They would not call that murder. If someone has a problem and they're so sick and in pain, they would say, no, the doctor uh, helping them, helping them die is not guilty of murder. He's being compassionate and easing their suffering. And I like to think that you would even agree with that. If someone is so pain riddled and, and excruciating pain, you would say, no, the person that helps them die is not committing murder. So um, is that special pleading? Well, no, you, you wouldn't call them a murderer. You would say it's not special pleading, it's compassionate. Um, but the result is they die anyway. So we don't know what was going on with David's baby. Um, we're told that it was because of David's sin. But it doesn't – I mean there could be like a hundred other reasons it doesn't say. Like if God would have let this kid live, maybe he would have been like a candidate for compassionate killing um, without being murdered by your own reasoning, you know, like three months later. Like maybe he would have had some disease that was like excruciating pain, and they just thought he was a baby, so he was crying all the time, and nobody knew it. Um, so maybe God was a compassionate doctor in your eyes. So there's lots of ways to go before you just go to it's special pleading or it's not. Uh, there's there's lots of wiggle room, and that's where I like to stay because it hopefully makes people withhold judgment um, because they're like, oh, crap, that's a good point. There's a lot of stuff we can't possibly know. So instead of going to, like, the worst possible conclusion, maybe I'll just wait right here in the middle ground for a while. Maybe yeah, the, Okay, but the problem is is, is that – you, you can't say that without adding to the text, right? And you, and I, I probably can't tell you, I'm, I can't even imagine how many times I've heard you say, you know, we don't, when the Bible is silent on something, that we don't offer opinion one way or the other. You could, so you couldn't say what you just said, referring to David's baby, without adding to the text. You could play coulda, woulda, shoulda all day long. And, and we the call other that thing hypothesizing. Said, yeah. And the other thing is, is, a, is a terrible argument. They're like, I can't believe that you're actually 
comparing like you know, euthanasia, which is which is voluntary. No one is saying, okay, time for you to die with going into a city and slicing people open with swords. Wait, 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 stop. Everyone, stop. Everyone, stop. Everyone, stop. Wait, wait, everyone, everyone, stop. We have, we have, wait. Why do I hear you, CEO? Got to be, we've just moved the goalpost. I specifically made that argument to the relevant present topic of David's baby. You then extended that argument to these other people, which I would not make that argument for. So your outrage must be quelled because if we're talking about the justification for that, Let's look at the history. It's kill or be killed. So this would not be compassionate relief, God being a compassionate doctor. This would be God's people preemptively preserving their lives. This is like a preemptive self-defense. It is Nate, like the worst Nate, case you can make for that. Nate, I said First Samuel, not Second Kings. That's what I, 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 Nate, can I get wait. in one thing because I have to run real quick? Now, um, I wasn't talking about David's baby. I was always talking about the Amalekites. I never mentioned David's Wait, baby. I thought you were specifically talking about David's baby. No, no I thought no, he was, I was talking about the Amalekites. Amalekites too. I was like, where did David's baby come from? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I just heard – my bad. I just heard Samuel and David, and, and I guess I got lost in like four people talking. So so my bad. No, I would make that I would make that case for David's baby. I would make the other one I just said for, for the thing you're talking about. Yeah, see you. Okay. What you gotta so, say you so, so, Michael um, – are you saying special pleading is anytime you hold God to a different standard than man? Really quick, is that a quick synopsis of it? No, it's anytime you hold in anyone to it, where you hold, where you have one example and use two different standards to evaluate it. Okay, and Nate, so are you saying you don't ever do that? You don't ever hold God to a different standard than man because I that's special pleading. Uh, no, I said. Well, first of all, I said if you ask me enough questions, maybe you'll find something. But I get what you're saying. Like, you know, God is, is so far, in, so incomprehensible that it would have to be special pleading on some level. Um, so, you, you know, I, I would ag agree with you, but I don't think it has to be special pleading. Like, God is so far incomprehensible that I wouldn't say you need to special plead. I would say there's perfectly reasonable things that if, if the fullness was known, it wouldn't need to be special pleading. It would be perfectly explained just like it would be to any other human. So like when we're talking about biblical text and things that God did in the Bible, you don't need to just say, well, because he's God um, or, you know, God has a different standard. It's explained in the text why that if God was a person just like you or me, it would be completely justified or unjustified the same way as it would be for us. Um, that, that's what I'm saying. But again, if you ask me enough questions, maybe you'll find a place where I special. Okay, I, I like just want right to hear there. Michael's response to that and then I'm leaving. Sorry, what? I just want to hear your response to what Nate said, and then I'm, I'm going to head out. Yeah, I, I see problems with that because, again, like what you're saying is, like, essentially, and I'm not trying to over oversimplify it, but what you're saying is God's different, and that's why we do it differently. That is by, that is by definition special bleeding. We're having two conversations. You're talking to CEO right now, right? Because I'm not making that argument. That sounded like the argument you made, Nate. I, okay, let me try this again. I, I, lit, I, I literally, okay. I said, don't want to use literally wrong. I said, we don't know stuff, right? So we don't have to say, well, God is just, God is just different. So that's, that's fine. That's God's prerogative. That would be special pleading. I'm saying, no, if we knew 
all the data, then God would be, you know, justified or unjustified just the way we are with the data we have when humans interact. So if we knew all the stuff, like, for example, if God, uh, you know, if you say, well, God wiped out the Amalekites and blah, 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 um, and it was okay because he was God, that's special pleading. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God wiping out the Amalekites was justified because, you know, they were trying to wage war and wipe God's people off the face of the earth. So it was self-defense. So God doing this is justified just like if some intruder tried to break in and kill me and you and all of our families and we used force and they died in that force, they were justifiably killed. That's the same thing. So like God, God is held. I'm not saying God is held, but I'm saying in cases like this, when you would say it's special pleading because you say, well, it's okay for God, but it's not okay for you. No, if God wasn't justified in doing that, if these people were like innocent, just peaceful dwelling people and God wouldn't wipe them out, that would be murder. That would be unjustified killing. But that's not what God did. These are people who were waging war against the Israelites. So it was justified killing. So the same standard God would be held to in this scenario is the same standard that you or I would be held to. So it is not special pleading. Okay, I have a more clear understanding of what it is that, that you mean now. Um, so please don't hate me. Um, so that I think that's closer to uh, – well, actually, I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. Um, but this but this other thing that's, that's concerning is can you give me – because we were always talking about first, um, uh, first Samuel. Can you give me the context in which God ordered the killing of the Amalekites? That's easy. Uh, go vocal. Yeah, in First Samuel fifteen. Uh, well, there's two argu- two angles to the uh, to the position uh, to the to the text. Well, the one text says, only says one thing. The text right, only right. says but, one but thing. But what I'm saying, two angles, meaning two interpretations of it. One was says uh, like God literally said, "Go do this to the Amalekites because of what they did to the Israelites," uh, mentioned in De- in Deuteronomy. Um, the other interpretation is that this is just war language meaning that this is uh, sort of not hyperbole, but uh, sort of a slightly exaggerated uh, use of of wiping out an enemy. So don't literally kill the kids and all everything, but this is how much you're destroying, how much destruction you're going to bring to the enemy. Sort of like when uh, I say, if I say I'm going to destroy you or murder you in my debate, you know, I'm not literally doing that, but I'm just saying that that's the type of language that I'm using in order to touch on how how successful I'm going to be in the debate. You know, so some people will say that that's the type of language that's being used there. But either way, the text clearly demonstrates why God wanted to act uh, uh, in in this uh, act of vengeance here. It's because of what, uh, what, what the Amalekites did to the Israelites back in Deuteronomy. And it's right there in, 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 Exodus. in the chapter two. In Exodus. Yeah. It's Exodus. It is right there okay. in the text. So. Yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, so I think it, uh, crap, I'm really short on time here. So, um, okay. When I meant context, what I meant was the people that God ordered Joshua to slaughter, were they the ones responsible for the onslaught on the Israelites or was it? No, it, it wasn't right. Right. So that's what I say when I mean that. That's what I meant when I say that, the, the context. So the you're people saying that, that they're innocent. The people, that, the people that Joshua was ordered to kill <clears throat> were generations after this happened. 
So well, it wasn't Joshua and, Saul, but either way, oh, your question Pardon me, stands. pardon me. Yeah. Um, were generations after. So there is no one, there was no mm. one alive at the time when that order was given that was actually responsible for the injustices, if you want to call them that, against the Israelites. And I, I, and I apologize. I know it sounds like I'm kind of like hitting and running, and that's not what I mean to do, but I am now late for a meeting, right. so I have right. to leave. Um, but, I, but, I mean, Beckel, you're, you're not here anywhere near as often as I am, so uh, Nate and Steph and everybody else can tell you that I'm here pretty much all the time. So if you want to come back on Monday, we can continue this conversation. Yeah. But Is cheers, this guys, the Canadian, Canadian Michael? Yeah, yeah, Beckel. We've talked a lot. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, guys. All right. Take care. Take care. Be safe. <clears throat> Yeah, Amir, I'm sure you wanted to say something from, uh, from yeah, Michael, and, so, I, and I and I and I wanted you to. Um, let me just say this real quick, <laughs> and then and then let's like get your response on the record because you know it'll be on replay so people can hear it. Um, so it, it's unfortunate he had to cut and run, but um, I, I would say first of all, you know, because he he did quote me correctly. I, I well, sort of. I, I say you know if the Bible is silent, we should be silent. Silent, theologically speaking. That doesn't mean, however, and then I often say like anything we do after what the Bible says. We're just positing scenarios. We're just hypothesizing. That's fine, but realize this is not doctrine. This is not theology. If the Bible is silent, that's where we should be silent. Um, but then we'll go on hypothesizing for like, well, if this, then that. Um, and I think that's, I mean, that's fine. Um, but if we dialed all the way back, like two points I would have made is first of all, what the Bible does say. You have to broaden your context a little more to the, to the whole Bible instead of just reading like, you know, one verse away, but in the context of the entire Bible, like this is said, like if no one is innocent, right? So everyone has sinned against a holy God. So if you want to say, well, these people didn't specifically shoot arrows at these Israelites, so they are innocent. No, everyone is guilty and condemned as it is before God. So they have already killed God. So God is in the position to justly kill anyone he wants just because he is justified. And that is not murder. Um, everyone has egregiously sinned against this God. So um, there's that point. Then the second point is even if these people are, um, you know, if these people are not currently launching arrows, look at their history. Look where they're spawned from. Like you don't have generations of people with like blood feuds, like Hatfields and the McCoys. You don't have that who they let these things go. Like these are sworn enemies, kind of like Iran today. Death to Israel, death to Israel, right? Like their whole goal like they may not have like you know shot bullets or missiles at them um, in, in like a, a little while, but they certainly sponsor proxy groups that do that, um, and they're working on you know their weapons of mass destruction. And I think if they get enough um, that they get built, that they're able to completely eradicate Israel. Well, I think you know Jesus will put a stop to that. But I think if they ever got in that position, they would absolutely use it because they are not letting these feuds go, no matter how much time passes. So it's no different with these people who their ancestors, their lineage, their tribes have sworn death to these people. Um, so there's that. And then, you know, if God also wanted to save billions of people, if any of these people would have been let to live and they're like, oh, little baby, you didn't shoot an arrow at these Israelites. We're going to let you survive. Great. He grows up knowing that there was a war and his whole family died. And these Israelites are the ones that did it. He doesn't care about self-defense. All he cares about is they killed my family. Now, great. You have an enemy for life. And he's going to raise all of his kids and all of his family to hate the Israelites. And this perpetual war is going to continue. And if any of them at any time would have interfered with someone in the line of Christ, that means Jesus wouldn't have came. The Messiah wouldn't have happened. 
And instead of like a bunch of people dying, hundreds of like a hundred billion people ever to have estimated have lived on Earth would have all be damned to hellfire. So then be like, oh, well, no way God can be just under that scenario. Great. Glad you see it our way. Repent and believe the gospel. Mir, I would love to hear what you have to say now. Well, a lot of similarities, remember, <laughs> obviously, except for the end. So um, the 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 storyline in 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 the Bible, and I'm going to draw from some midrashic sources that you may not agree to, like as accepting, like like accepting, but you would That's hypothesize fine. with it at least. So um, the storyline is the slaves are freed from Egypt. They're in the desert. They're they're in a place called Rafidim, and they get attacked by Amalek. This is completely unprovoked, nowhere near their land, and. And then the Midrashic sources say everyone was afraid because this group just left the most mighty country and walked out. And the, the Egyptian army got destroyed. Everyone was like impressed with God's glory of saving his people. And then Amalek's like, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to take care of them. So this was like a war against God. Like they're saying, like, we're not, we're not scared of anybody. We're not impressed with anything. So th- they're unredeemable, basically, which is a hard concept for me to wrap my head around. But they're un- they're an unredeemable nation. They just they just are going to wage war against what's right every time. So yeah. God says for de- generations, and that's right there in Exodus. This will be a war for you forever. These people need to be eradicated because they just hate good types of living. They just don't want heaven on earth. So you can ask why God do it himself, which we can get into if you're interested. But that's why in Deuteronomy, the law said, remember what Amalek did to you and remember that they are not a godly people and they are people that must be eliminated. Now, this mistake that Michael's making, Saul made the same mistake. So I can't blame him too much. Saul comes back and he says, what do I got to get rid of everything for? Like, there's a waste. I'll bring, I'll bring sacrifices from the animals. We'll save the children. And um, Samuel yells at him and he loses the kingdom over it because he thought he knew better than God. God said, these are people that need to be eradicated. And Saul said, it's a waste. I'll I'll find a better way. And he loses the kingdom over it and it goes to David. So I I don't want to say it's a mistake that shouldn't be made like (laughs) irrational. But the mistake he's making is saying, I know judgment better than God. If God did it, I'm going to judge God. And really, we should look at God and say, if God's doing it, obviously, it's just. Why is it just? Yeah, can I can I just make a quick comment too? I think also this goes back to the issue of how atheists try to use this as a means to win the people over to their position by utilizing emotionalism. Um, they're oftentimes looking at an action of God, and they're trying to conflate motive with method. You know, so the Lord is is the Lord of all flesh, so He has the right to do whatever He wants with the inhabitants of the heavens and the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can stop them or say, what are you doing? That's Daniel chapter four, verse 35. So just because we may not (laughs) be comfortable with some of the things that God does with the inhabitants of earth, that doesn't mean that he's in the wrong. That doesn't mean that his method is immoral. Uh, It just, all it just means is that we either don't understand why God's doing it, or we're just temporarily uncomfortable with it. That's all. And, and the problem with that is atheists don't like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, and everything Nate that's said, said this, here we is... don't. <clears throat> Go ahead. Sorry. Nate really said this. We don't understand all of the calculations of God, and we have to realize that as finite beings, we're never going to. So you're looking at it, no matter how much we learn, we're looking at a piece of the puzzle and trying to say we know better and we should. And if, and the real answer is if you knew all the, the chess pieces, you would make the same decision, and that would be the just decision. Yeah, so it's a real fallacy. And none of this is special pleading. No, no, no. It's just saying that God knows everything. 
and we only well, know a bit of it. Well, well, guys, why not just make all the Amalekites just kill over and die of a heart attack instead of sending the army? That's a really good question. I said that's guys. a really good question. That that I mean, is a good question. Yeah, it's a stupid question to say. How can God do it? Because then you're not you're not playing with the words of the text. I Means you could be a, you could be an atheist. I mean, I think you're wrong, and say this is a not a good book. But if you accept the book and you accept God as being omnipotent, and then saying, well, maybe if he would have known, like that's just a, that's just a stupid argument. But it's a good question for for us believers to ask: Why were we told to kill him? Or like, why didn't God just do it himself? Personally, I think that's and, a very good question. And uh, Miss Steph, if you're there, would you mind uh, would you mind changing the Discord link uh, to uh, back to, or changing the link back to Discord, pretty please? I don't I don't have it on me, but we need to uh, we need to keep recruiting for our cult Christian group. Uh, Christian group, we need to keep recruiting for our Christian group. <laughs> hey, uh, can you send me a private message on how do I can uh, join the cult? I mean uh, the group. Yeah, hang on. Let me get to a. Okay, let me just go get it. I've already been circumcised. Just letting you know. Well, you didn't answer. I thought you were like dead. We're gonna have to have call that hotline to have you resurrected back to life. I am almost dead. I've not been this sick in a long time. Okay, but I'm going. Are are you doing? Are you doing like normal people medicine, or are you doing like home remedy type stuff, or are you doing anything? No, nothing. I don't even take Tylenol. No, I meant like no like honey ginger tea root or Mm. you know eye of newt or any anything that you're. (laughs) Coven may, Coven may be able to help you with? No, unfortunately. I'm doing the Filipino method my grandparents taught me, which is you sit under the blanket and splat for 48 hours, and then you're good to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> that works for me. takes a while, but it works. Okay. So you'll either get better or die. Correct. 50-50 shot. Time you do it. <laughs> yeah. What do you like, say? There's no like... There's no serious issue with this, right? Like this, this thing, like there, oh there's gosh, no, no like. Um, it's less harmful than strep throat. It's just, it doesn't even hurt as bad as strep throat. It's like you get a nasty, nasty sore throat and then a fever of like a hundred and then you get a rash. So it's just like a threefold uncomfortable thing, but no, it's not dangerous at all. What is it? Do you do, is it a virus? Hand, foot and mouth. My kids brought. Oh, coxsackia. It's awful. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, more it's common amazing. with kids, but they're Walking miserable. Exactly. Welcome back to school. My kids made it through two school days and brought this home, and now they've been out for a week. Well, uh, Brandon, what's up? You've been up here for a while. How are you doing? Not bad. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Better than two days ago. That was a fun one. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I wasn't here two days ago. It's better that way. I sorry you brought it up. Okay. Uh, what's your question, <laughs> Random? Do you have a question, Random? Uh, no, I, I I came up to, uh, to to speak on the subject, but it looks like everybody's kind of done with it, so uh, I'm cool with that. You know, I'll say this real quick. Uh, to me, when we have God in the equation, when it comes to these horrible atrocities happening in the in the earth, uh, it makes it. Uh, far better to cope with when you have understanding that these things happen for a reason, or at least they're not purposeless. You know, well, so there's a reason. And uh, I, for me personally, I can't speak for everybody else, but for me personally, it helps me uh, uh, cope with these, these terrible things that happen to it. I, I guess from a, from an atheistic point of view, like similar 
although I, I wouldn't say that there's a reason, but like la- having lack of a reason, it also helps cope as well. Just from my perspective. Yeah, I guess because there's like minimized expectations. You're like, well, you know, why should I expect anything? There's no reason for it. So it's right. just whatever, whatever. Yeah, happens. I don't, I don't, I don't have to like kind of use my whatever to jump through hoops to kind of say, okay, why could this have been intended? That kind of stuff. It's just like, yep, that, that happened. Yeah, and I mean, you know, to to be fair, I guess you know my my conversations in my head about you know what could possibly be the reasons this did or didn't happen, you know, takes about 10 seconds. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be mad at God for making me think for a short amount of time about this. I know some people, uh, and I consider myself pretty analytical, um, but I mean, there's only so many possibilities, right? Um, It's going to be for good. So is it for more, more people to be saved? Is it so God can be glorified? Um, You know, it's beyond my pay scale. So it doesn't matter anyway. Because in a hundred years, we'll all be dead. Nothing not all, really not all of not all of us. Not all of us, Nate. Bob, you're 200 right now, I think, right? Like a sea turtle. Nate. <laughs> Nate. Yes. We all won't be dead. And uh, was Bob, I don't know why. Bob, an evil sea turtle. I'm not Are even a sea turtle. Sea? I'm not even a sea turtle. Bob, didn't mean to hurt your feelings earlier, but I mean, the reason I said, why did I bring you up is because I, I saw a name, I clicked on it, and it was you, and and um, then I thought, you know, I, I like you as a person, you're fun to talk to, but I mean, every time I bring you up, it gets on, you know, Trinity's bad, Unitarian's good, so I mean, you know, it's like baptized, like, when we, when we bring him up, we don't anymore, because he's only going to say one thing. That's all in your imagination. All right. Bob, Bob, can I ask a question? Can I ask you a question? Let's I give a chance to do. Bruce different. Go for it. So, so you said after it was said in a hundred years we'll all be dead, and you said kind of a, a, a rejection of that. Well, why? Who's not going to be dead? According to Jesus, nobody is dead. Bob, you know, I mean, physically, we're going to live forever. I mean, I am, but our yeah. physical bodies will be dead in a hundred years, unless you're a sea turtle. No, that's not true. You're not a turtle. No, I'm not a turtle. See, a it's not being. Trinity stuff. <laughs> Give him a minute. Got it. I got it. I want to know why you can't understand God because you think you got a fine go. mind or something. He does have a the Bible. The Bible. Ta- the Bible says you've read the Bible, right? Yeah, it says way God's ways are higher than ours, and and we like can't comprehend. Uh, the unimaginable depths of God. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I I, I thought you believed the Bible or, or, you know, in your your way, but, I mean, the Bible says it. Like, God is incomprehensible. We can know what we need to know, the character, the quality, the forgiving, redemptive power of God that he wants all of us to come to repentance. We can know the stuff we need to know, but, I mean, you know, if you think you're going to beat God in a math competition or a chess club, you're not. You, you can't possibly comprehend everything that is God. How do you That's know? what I love about you, Nate. You come up with these. How do you, how awesome do you know? Man. <laughs> how do you know you? How do you know you won't meet God at the chess tournament? Beat God. Beat. Oh, I thought you said meet. Excuse beat. me. So, so well, Bob, so you're saying that that people won't die, but but as an atheist, will, will I be dead in a hundred years, or is it like some people won't will be dead and some people? 
Maybe speaking spiritually, maybe? Well, I don't know where these people get the ideas, but if, if you can't die, you can't die. And until the second death, you are, you know, fixed, you know, in a position. But I do have a Bible, and I do look at it, and it very plainly says that God chose a person because he wanted to. And his name happened to have been Abram, and he made him some promises. But I, I, I want to know where you get all this omnipotent stuff. I mean, where did that come into the picture? You don't believe God is omnipotent? I don't even know for sure what you think you have come up with a definition for omnipotent. God well, that's said, powerful. What do you what do you think it means? I don't have a clue what you think it means. No, no, you, <laughs> what do what do you, you what do you say it means? Jesus sits at the right hand of power. Now, I don't think it says that Jesus sits at the right hand of omnipotence. So that all power in heaven and earth is like that all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Like, I mean, you know, all power. That's kind of, you know, not a bad place to start with omnipotence. Wow. The all well, power if, of God, if all, all power has been given to me. Not a bad well, place to start, Bob. Yeah, well, you've got to understand the word power there. Means Wait a minute. So power means weakness, right? <laughs> no, the, Jesus said to the people, I have a baptism to undergo. I wish it was completed. He was talking about being crucified and raised from the dead. You do understand that, don't you? Wait, wait, wait what, what's that verse? Where is it? I've never heard that. I don't know. Google. He said the baptism is not, his, his baptism is not completed? Jesus said that? Jesus said, I have something that has to be completed, a baptism to undergo. I wish it was completed. Where, and he was talking was about the crucifixion and resurrection. Where's that verse? I don't know. I haven't got the thing pulled up on the screen. No, I mean, not, I, I think it's in Second Heresy somewhere. No, okay. it's not. I looked that up. Yeah, it's not in Second Heresy. Jesus oh, it's in the book, plainly. Book of Second Opinions. No, no it's, it's Jesus from the speaking book of to his. Deuteronomy chapter. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so, I am in so Deuteronomy. For clarity, Bob. Even even myself as an atheist and all the studies I've done of the Bible, I have no idea what you're talking about. So you really ought to like cite. With before there could be a resurrection, there had to be a death, right? Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, Bob. All right. Before there were gods, there had to be <laughs> a god. Before there were. <laughs> okay, I, I'll I'll keep walking down this. Okay, fine. Keep on going. I'll keep. He, walking he's down philosophizing now. He's not going to scripture. No, I'm going to scripture. There's one All right, God. Well, All right, we're with you. Keep, keep going. There's one God, and when he killed or had David's son die, it was blood for blood. I mean, there's no question about it. There's no other reason. Uh, God said, "If you do this, I'll do that," and David found out. But anyway, I thought we were talking about. Okay, that's what we were talking about. So you know, yeah, Bob, I gotta say, yeah, what is this? You have not, you have not brought up the Trinity yet, but I'm, I'm almost. (laughs) What is this? It sounds like it's pretty close to me. What, what is this? He's getting there. He's getting there. No, what is this omnipotent thing? I mean, I, I got a Bible. It starts Genesis chapter one. (laughs) I I might be able, I might be able to resolve this. I might be able to resolve this. 
Bob, what power does God not have access to? There is no power that God does not have access to. There we go. We're there being trolled go. so hard right now. <laughs> he believes in omnipotence. That's omnipotence, my No, that's your definition of you have decided that's omnipotence. You can't say that if you don't even know what the word means. You can't say that's your definition of Wait, is that why you didn't think God was omnipotent? Because you don't know what it means? Yes. Yeah, he doesn't know what it means. I, omnipotent God reacts to my actions. Oh dear. I can't believe I came back for this. What? Can you accept from the people in this room that oh the definition that Random just walked you through is actually the definition of omnipotence? Very smart. Oh, yeah, I believe you... some. I believe somebody has come up and made that a definition. Yeah, but that's Bob, the way. Every, okay, yes, you're right. But that's the way everyone uses the word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, when I you when you word... when you were sorry, Bob, when you were questioning, like I don't know what you mean by omnipotence, and we went through it. Now you know what we mean by um, by omnipotence, and you agree. So, like, what's the problem now? Like, what? Why is this still going? Well, if you go from here into that problem that Chris has with Calvinism, okay. that God already uh -huh. knows, you know, certain stuff. Bob, Bob, omnipotence, <laughs> omnipotence doesn't necessarily mean omniscience. So, so you're making reference to not what you're talking. About. Why don't but you... the Bible does say God knows all things, just saying. Sure, sure. Where does sure. it but, say that? But, but to be it's fair, it is a different, it's a different terminology. Yeah, but how does word. He, yes. But how does he find out, though? It, the, the Bible says God knows all things. That's how it says. But how does he find out? What is the epistemology of God's knowledge? <laughs> Guys, this is like making fun of a kid in a wheelchair. Can we... Yeah, yeah. We, we got no, it. What are you? Bob, I, Bob. I gotta, I gotta go to work about? anyway. Thank you for this. Bye, Randy. <laughs> Part of I this nutritious breakfast. It's Friday. <laughs> we we got to move on. We got to move on. Hey, Nate. Oh. You yes. need to you need to read Deuteronomy. <laughs> oh, boy, Bob. I'm trying. I'm trying to Bob help you, man. I'm trying Bob. to help you. I'm trying to help you understand. There's no need to be stupid. Can you say that one more time? You need to read Deuteronomy. <laughs> that accent was coming. Kyoto, <laughs> you you wanted to come to stage. Did you did you want to say anything to Love Bob? You, Bob, repent and believe. Did um, you want to say anything to Bob Kyoto? Repent well, and believe what? I was gonna ask Bob. Where does the Bible use the word power? Where does it use the word it power? Doesn't, because you mentioned how it says that the Son of Man sits at the right hand of power. That's what Jesus said. You'll see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power. Well, well actually, it says that he sits at the right hand of dunameos. Well, that's because you're looking at a different word besides English. And since I do English and not dunameos... Did uh, what did uh, what did Mark do? What did Mark do? What did Mark write? He wrote a letter, I guess, several chapters. Was it in Greek or English? I'm sure it wasn't in English. Okay, so why are you using I, the word power? Because that's what's in my book. But it's not what Mark wrote. What does difference does that make? Well, because you're like objecting to the word omnipotence because it's not in the Bible, and you rather said that we should say that the the word power because Jesus sits at the right hand of power. Yeah. But it actually doesn't even say power; it says dunamis. All right. Well, whatever it is, 
there's only one power in heaven, not two. You mean you mean there's one dunameos? There is one power in heaven. Get the word dynamite. You mean dunameos? Whatever you want to use, you can, as long as there's only one power in heaven. Not like yeah. sin. You know, sin was on here the other day trying to tell you there's two powers. Hey, Bob, you don't believe God is uh, all-powerful? There's no question about God's all-powerfulness. He does. So he just doesn't know what the word means. That's what omnipotence means. We tried for 10 minutes. He, he's not getting it. Okay. Nate, it's not in my Bible here. I've looked. The word Bible is not in your Bible. I know, but omnipotence ain't in it either. <laughs> it, okay, so, okay, God, okay, Bob, I will concede if you will agree to the following definition. Um, God is totally not omnipotent. God is totally uh, all-powerful and almighty and can do whatever God wants. He has all power. Is that better? He's totally not omnipotent. But he has all power and is all powerful. Are we good? Hey, perfectly. Perfect. I mean, Great. I mean, that's the another best way to thing. say that is omnipotent. No, if y'all no, want to break, another way if y'all want to break from Bob real quick, I, I got a question I want to ask. I'm, like, no. yeah. I'm having fun. Uh, yes, Harold. Bob, we'll get back to you. What's up? Harold? I'd like to. I'd like to get to Harold next week. We'll to see sink what. Sink your uh, teeth into him more and drag him. No, I, no, he's got a few things out of line. That you know, uh, yeah, girl, what's up, man? But he's working on. Yeah, I'm curious to know. I hear a lot of people say, like, you know, God can do whatever He wants. God is all powerful, which <clears throat> I, I seldom agree with. That it's not necessarily in the, any issues. But my thing is, when it comes to stuff like um, God. It, the Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor son of man that he should repent. Everybody would, would agree that God can't lie. God can't sin. God can't be tempted with sin. Um, and God can't break his word. But if he wanted to, could he? That's my question. All right, Harold. Uh, Harold, wait. I want to know. That doesn't mean he's, um, he's not omnipotent. I want to know. No, I, wait, wait, Bob, wait. hold on. I, I, I was asking. I was asking everybody else. Yeah, yeah Harold, I'm going to be. Here, hang on, Bob. You, you but, can, Bob, so hold on. My thing is. Um, my thing is. Yeah, Harold, if I mean, wanted it, to, yeah, it, could ah, it, yeah, and that's the discussion. No one's going to have a definitive answer. So it's either going to be he can't sin because he is bound, but that doesn't mean in a bound way like he can't do it because he bound himself. So he's the binder, um, and it's inconsistent with his nature. So that's why he can't do something or he can't do something because he won't do something. So, I mean, those are the only two, those, those I mean, that's a true dichotomy and no one's going to, I mean, there are many people would agree, but there's always going to be people that disagree with one of those sides. And the answer is, uh, well, I mean, maybe someone will say we do know, but I mean, is it because he, he can't lie because he won't lie or he can't lie because it's just legitimately something that would never he, he would never do so so like he doesn't have the power to lie if he wanted to um and, and now i'll just back up but i mean th those are the clear sides he can't because he can't or he can't because he won't and there's not going to be a resolution like some people are going to say something some people are going to say the other he things. can't lie you know what nate I, you know what that's a pretty fair answer brother that is a very fair answer that was very fair all right nate what does can't be tempted by sin mean? Can you 
explain that? Well, did you want to dig into Harold if Harold wants you to, or whatever question you were going to say for Harold? Oh no, I'm not. Oh, I'm cut not him up, Bob. He got it's too early. Bob. In the morning. Oh, okay. Uh, so, what do we mean by can't? Come uh, on, it's part of this nutritious can, breakfast. Cannot. Are we good with that? Can't means cannot. Is that okay? Get him, Bob. I, I, I want to know what cannot be tempted by sin means. You, what you, you just say said. God cannot be tempted by sin. It, it simply, it what very okay. plainly says. Right, 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 right. So, so if you're, Bob, if you're going to make your Unitarian case, which you've done good at not doing so far, and say Jesus was tempted, doesn't mean can't God can't be tempted. Like, you couldn't say, God, uh, I tempt you to uh, make yourself not God. Well, clearly, you just you just tempted God because you said it. But does that mean by, by virtue of you saying it, uh, God wasn't tempted because it just rolls off of him like water? Um, is that what we mean by can't be tempted? So so people can, quote, tempt God, but God's never going to give in, so God can't be tempted in that, that way. So like you're about to say, Jesus was tempted, therefore Jesus isn't God. Or does no. that mean, well, yeah, the devil or Bob, like, said stuff, so they, quote, tempted <laughs> Jesus. Yet Jesus, God cannot that, be mate. tempted. So Thank no matter so no matter Thank what you no matter what you or Satan tempts Jesus with, um, God he's never going to fall. He's never going to give in. So he can't be tempted. Yeah, that, that's nobody, what I think it means. Well, I, hey, yes, an excellent. That's the best explanation that you could have possibly given. So congratulations. But Jesus well, is not going. Jesus is not going to be tempted to do anything. I mean, I'm not tempting Jesus to do nothing. Well, that's a good start. Because Jesus ain't in the position to be tempted. But well, you know, someone else. Someone scripture. else talked to Bob for a little bit. <laughs> according to scripture, not anymore, right? That's right. But, I mean, you don't want to put the Lord your God to the test. That does not mean that you, that you don't want to put Jesus to the test. But that's just an that's, admonition to, you know, to respect God, to practice reverence towards God. That's all. It doesn't mean that you can actually be successful in making God do something against his own standard. Come on. Oh, no. no God, not, not with me. Yeah, I, I agree. When God decided he's going to kill every living thing, every living thing on the earth, uh, he he made that decision yeah. all by himself. He I, he didn't check. He he didn't check with anybody because he he doesn't have anybody to check with, you know. Yeah, that's why I personally believe the language that you're looking at in that passage is more uh, man-centered or anthropocentric, more focusing on the motive and actions of man in relations to relation to God, not so much the other way around. Well, so, God's always reacted to the actions of man. From the beginning, right? But when he says "don't tempt God" or something like that, that's not that you you'll be able to successfully trick God into doing something immoral. Just just like what what Nate said, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's it, not going. He's him. not going to be tempted. But you don't want to make God angry either, do you? Well, that's what so that stop means. making God angry, Bob. Repent. Right. Believe the gospel. What Call gospel? Before God, that, that false Jesus is God. He re- that false that false gospel. Why did you bring that up? Well, Bob, you did pretty good today, but all right. Thanks for stopping by. Your hardness of heart so far is preventing you from eternal life. Uh, please reconsider. Nate, what, what I'd like to just put on the table now is, you know, one, like I said earlier, I can't believe I came back for this. Um, oh, that was you who said that. <laughs> yeah. 
well, I, I was I was heading into a meeting and then it uh, ended up not being possible. But that's a different story. Uh, but honestly, what what this does, you know, what the, the last little bit of time does demonstrate is I now have an expectation of a virtually unlimited degree of latitude from you because the BS that you put up with for the last 20 minutes uh, entitles me to it. Uh, well, we'll see how far we can go down that road. <laughs> My road is actually about to end in about five more minutes, but you have it. Michael, man, you missed, you missed something. It's on replay. Um, but mirror said he wanted to, he wanted to say it to you, but unfortunately you had to leave, but I can't do it justice, but it was, you know, coming from like a Jewish perspective, like, you know, he, he really uh, cited a lot of stuff that was basically like, look, this is an eternal war. It's never going to end. Like it, it, it's an ongoing war, like with these people because of, you know, the reasons he listed, but I don't know if you really care about an answer, um, you know, from a, a proper historical Jewish perspective, um, it, it would probably behoove you to, you know, watch the replay and just hurry and click through to the part right after you left. Um, is where he gives that. But anyway. Um, yeah, I've actually. Yeah. I've so actually again, like we, we, we talked before. I've actually heard that before. I've actually heard it said by others that if there were, if there were any Amalekite, Amalekites left, then, then they would, they should have to be executed even now. I've heard that argument made before. Um, maybe he didn't say exactly what you've heard before. Cause he didn't bring up that specific point. I, I mean, that could be inferred, but I mean, he said some other stuff too, but, uh, Anyway, the point was, um, we're like, none of these are special pleading. Like, none of these arguments made would be special pleading because, like, you know, governments of this world in this day and age would would fall into these guidelines as well. And people would be like, oh, okay, well, you know, got to protect, got to protect citizens, got to protect uh, sovereignty, got to protect your borders, uh, y- you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, that, that would not be special pleading. Um, anyways, that was a takeaway. But is there anything else before I have to run? I, I'm not even going to ask. I know Steph is not going to be moderating jack today um <laughs> so yeah for like the next five minutes anyone have a conversation ender well i was just gonna say that we know that god can't lie because god is perfect and lying is a privation of truth but then if god's like you know you know what i i want to not be perfect i want to lie then could he but then he couldn't because he, he said can't his want you know, to not be perfect <laughs> What we're, yeah, yeah, but walk us through this then for the final thing. So um, I'll, I'll walk up like halfway and then you, you finish it. So like if God's like, okay, now I changed my mind. I want to lie. I want to not be perfect. I want to be an evil God. Um, but then he would be bound by what he already said because another clause would be, you know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's already been good and perfect, he can't now change and be evil. So that would prevent him. But it's also God who said this. So then could God not go back and be like, well, I can't do it, not because I don't want to, but because I legitimately can't. Yeah, so take yeah, it from guy, there. Guy can't change his mind. He can't change at all. Because he can't or won't? He can't. And why? Can't. Because such is the nature of the first cause. If God could change, then there would be something more foundational to God that can ground the ability to change. Because what change is, is a actualization of a potency. And in God, there is no passive potency. There's only actuality, because God is pure act. Therefore, God cannot be actualized from a state of potentiality to actuality. And he's just only actuality. 
Well, thank you for that answer. Harold, what do you think about that? If you're still listening. Oh, I'm good, bro. I already got mine. You already gave me the answer, though. I'm good. I'm cool. It really don't make a difference for me, no way, either way. Well, Sean, you've well, been really quiet today. Did you have anything to say? I don't think we've heard a word from you. And we still may not. All right, Beckel, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I like what you brought up earlier. Uh, you, you brought up the idea, the, uh, the biblical concept that uh, humans will never be able to get a full comprehensive understanding of God. I mean, there's, the Old Testament is littered with passages that talk about that very thing. I mean, Job 11, Job 35, 36. You know, uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29, 1 Corinthians 8, in the New Testament. I mean, there's so many passages that clearly indicate that humans will never, ever get full comprehension of God's actions, let alone his nature. So, and, I, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's almost like an Epicurean type point. It's like, you know, if you could comprehend God, would he even be God? Like, I could see some kind of like, argument like that it's like oh yes our, our god totally says we can understand everything about him then re there'd be some like you know thousand year old guy with like crusty hair being like oh what is he really god because a god should be incomprehensible like there, there's <laughs> no way to win right there's always going to be a, like but why but why but why but repent right. and believe <laughs> right right well it's uh, good to see if i, uh, if I may. oh there he is if yeah, I may. send us off sean <laughs> all right isaiah isaiah 50 says my ways are not your ways neither are my thoughts your thoughts and then uh, we think if we, we knew like God knew uh, uh, that would throw out Amos 3 uh, 7 surely God will not do anything in the earth unless he revealed his secrets to his servants the prophets you cannot say that you can know like God know because number one, he's omniscient. We're not omniscient. So that makes him all-knowing. We are not omnipotent, all-powerful. He is. All right? He has all knowledge. He has, he has all power. And he's present everywhere at the same time. Human beings are not that. We're made in his image, but we are not him. Thank you. Amen. Amen, Amen to that. All right, well, everyone, I think Steph has re restored our Discord service server. I cannot talk. I cannot talk. Steph has restored our Discord server. If you'd like to join our totally Christian, well, I mean, I don't even know how to say it. I can't even say it. Like, our Christian server, who happen to have lots of people who are not Christians on there. But anyways, if you'd like to keep tabs of us, because we don't know what's happening from one day to the next with fan base or Clubhouse or Maybe it'll all disappear. And hey, maybe there'll be enough people in there to have a discussion on Discord so we don't even have to go to another platform. But anyways, if you'd like to hang out with the people you uh, know and love here every day, click on that very top pinned link and join the Discord server for the Ask a Christian Room. All right, everyone. Have an awesome day. We will see you later. Bye, y'all. Get well, Seth. <laughs>